I've mentioned my my memory issues as of late, my cognitive decline, further proof that I'm either getting old or I did have COVID. This cognitive decline definitely happens. Golly. See the president. Yeah, see the president. <laughs> he had COVID. Look at what the hell he's doing. <laughs> we can blame it on COVID. This is a side of COVID. Uh, in, inciting riots and yes. wanting to be a cult leader. Denial is a denial. Yeah. Oh, it's some bullshit. Lots of Sorry. bullshit out there. And caught up on some horse racing news while we're I mean, waiting. That's fine. We're just getting warmed up. Horse racing news is probably as exciting, if not more exciting, than real news these days. <sighs> Did you hear about the, there's a case in Maryland, I think a rapper who's standing trial, and they're going to uh, allow for some of his lyrics to be used as evidence against him. The state is actually going to be using, so there's going to be a precedent now for uh, rappers using their ly- yeah. using lyrics against I them. hope nobody goes back and re- listens to your lyrics. I knew you were going to say that, and I'm like, the worst thing they could I can see. Even though, if even though your dad doesn't myself. die under. Oh, he passed. He passed away. He passed away a year or two after I wrote that song. Oh wow! Oh <laughs> my gosh! Hopefully, it wasn't under weird circumstances. It no. Uh, it was a. Uh, it was a brain issue. They they won't find anything in my lyrics. <laughs> they can't. Well, as you can see, I don't have anything to talk about. I'm just enjoying seeing the decibel levels Are go you? back up on this. Oh, gotcha. And it's a lot of fun. Well, I hadn't been talking a lot, so. Oh, yeah. yeah. There we Year go. two, going to be different. <clears throat> Year two, you take the reins, Morgan. There's no way I can take the reins from you, sir. Watch. That's that's not up to you. It's up to me. What if it's just dead air here for a minute and a half? Then It'll kind of be exciting, actually. <laughs> it would People be. People right? will be like, is there something wrong with my radio? What's going on? These guys? Something wrong with my phone? Let me flip it on five times. Right. <laughs> it is our second year. I was I was thinking about it. And Did we, we do New Year's predictions last year? I don't know. I'll have to look back. Okay. Decrypt. Second year. Sorry. It Didn't is our second year. Yep. No, it's fine. <clears throat> Start um, of year two. Yeah. And I was thinking about this when I invited you to record last week. and Or actually, I didn't invite you. You mentioned that you weren't going to make it. And I'm like, "Mm, okay. And then I thought about it and I'm like, that's perfect because we stopped at 50, like right on the nose. Oh, wow. So we had 50 episodes in about 13 months because we started uh, around Thanksgiving in 2019. And then I'm like, yeah, I could do 50 episodes a year and have that be like a hard set. You know what I mean? Right. Like have that be the bar. Because 50 episodes at two and a half to three hours is a lot of content on a yearly basis. And I think that's a, a, a unique number. So when I was thinking of the yearly format for our show, not doing seasons and stuff like that, but years and having each year just be straight up 50 episodes a year. That's it. Okay. So don't be limiting me. Well, let's just, rec- I was going to segue to let's just record 50 episodes in like the next we, month we had a lost and episode. Take 10 months off and <laughs> see how it all fun. pans out. <laughs> oh God. 50 episodes of content. And then we're looking so back much. in June and we released something that we recorded nine months prior. 
I don't know what we could be talking about now, which is scary in itself. I know. Because if I don't have anything to discuss, what does that mean? Does that mean a black hole is going to suck the planet out of existence in the next 10 months? Could happen. It's not on anybody's 2021 bingo card yet. <laughs> Do will we need new bingo cards? Probably not. We'll no. be adding to the bingo cards, though. Yeah, storming the Capitol was definitely on my bingo card. For 2020, I thought it was going to happen when all those uh, NASCAR fans were out there a couple months ago. But it happened a little later than expected. Just a smidge later. Already tired of the people saying, this is shocking. I I can't believe this is happening in my United States of America. I'm tired of first. It's first? the first time this has ever happened. Or it's the most unprecedented of all things. I'm like, eh, okay. Yeah, people are trying to, trying to stake claim to unprecedented <clears throat> stuff left and right these days. I'm not a big fan of it either. Not at all. This is all very predictable. Nostradamus would be having a field day. I don't know about that. He'd be having a field day. Like in real time, he would be. Like he'd be able to say, hey, this is going to happen in a week <laughs> if we don't do anything about it. And then it would pan out. It's human behavior. We have too much data these days to not be able to see these things coming. Humans are predictable, and humans Very are the ones, so. and they're the ones that are fueling all of these little fires everywhere. That's why COVID's super predictable. It's not because we're prophesying things here you can data reduct all of the stuff that you know about human people and say hey if we don't do something about this now in march 2019 it's gonna or 2020 it's gonna look like this in august it's gonna look like this and in december it's gonna look like this and i could still do the same thing with covid today we won't do it today in our first episode of year two episode 51 overall yeah, we're on 51. 51's a 51, cool number. Yes. This is the Area 51 episode. <laughs> I wish. Right? God. I wish that would be the topic of the thing is Area I'm, 51. It could be because we could talk about what happened on this now infamous already Wednesday, January. I know. I say infamous, but I don't remember the date. January 6th. January 6th, 2021. Hot off the new year and you have the what goes down as the Electoral College was getting uh, finalized and confirmed in Washington, D.C. We'll get to that in a second, but we can make it an Area 51 episode because about a year and a half ago, there were some good-hearted protesters at Area 51, and we were talking about, you know, they're going to shoot these guys down if they Yeah, if, if they, they truly show up and try but to But apparently, get it's easier to bust into the <clears throat> Capitol building than it is to uh, For Area, Area, 51. Area 51 because... Well, there's yeah. not any military on Capitol Hill. Isn't that weird to you? Shouldn't there be? Because it's National Monuments, post-9-11 world we live in. Shouldn't there be some uh, semblance of well, security? We yeah. Well, we don't really live in a society like that, though. What do you mean? Where you see someone in, in a military uniform with a an assault rifle patrolling something. The year's only six days old, sir. I know. I'm just saying that's not normal. Or hasn't been normal. If, there, if I've learned anything from having conversations with you in a year, what you just said is going to be normal in about a year. <laughs> I don't know about that. And there will be there will be military dressed folks at national monuments because 
not only because of what we've seen here, but other things that happened in 2020 from the other side of the whole riot and protesting, there should be some sort of police presence at the places that we hold dear. I'm not saying that, you know, Confederate statues should have police should presence. Should be guarded, right? Right. But the U.S. Capitol building maybe should. <clears throat> well, there's Capitol Police, right? But I don't, you know, I think, I don't know, maybe they didn't think fully about what was going to happen. Yeah. No, I've seen I've seen these folks when they want something done. They're pretty intimidating well, as a group. No, when you have a, any mob with any political aspiration with any topic, any mob, you, you get a group of very often oh these days. Oh my god, yes you do. Are you kidding me? Every time a mob of people gets together, there is violence and destruction every single time in the last year. But it hasn't been politically motivated in the last year. What the, all been politically Black Lives motivated. Matter. That's all political. Don't you know yourself? It's been hijacked by politics. It's been politicized, as you like to put it. It was not. Its original motivations were not political. Unless you have a very broad definition for the word political. The moment they said defund police, they said, hey, we want to be political. Well, no, they welcomed the political <clears throat> folks into the discussion. But the actual organization itself, I think. Think no, it's extremely for better political. or worse has been radicalized by politicians and political favoritism on both sides. But at its inception, with the Kaepernick stuff, that's not political. Yes, it is. It's not. It, it's a human thing. At well, its it's core. the right thing to do. Yes, right. It, and there's a lot of human elements in there. But don't fool yourself. From the beginning, this is political. But then, what you're saying is that it's impossible for anything to. Um, be removed from it, political right uh, anything seeking any sort of change cannot is going to have to run itself. through it has to be political at some yes at some point. city politics county politics state politics you you know federal government politics it's got to be political in nature in some way shape or form because they want change you can't i mean any any group that's getting together that wants change you, you don't have a choice you're political man my definition of politics has broadened a little bit as I grow older. I have more of an appreciation for the scope of politics. I have less of an appreciation and less of a uh, an interest in the specificity of like D.C. politics, though, and like what they do in Congress and what they do in the Senate. I believe they give themselves a little too much credit for change. Um, I think change can happen a lot more readily on local levels and state levels than the federal government would like for people to know. Um, they come off as like the overseers and the sort of. Well, and that depends on your political party. I don't have one. I know, but that, I mean. That's just what it I, comes off to me as. Yeah. I, well, I mean, the political parties have a couple of different views on that, right? Um, or at least have gone that way in the past one political party is typically for more government and for more government spending and other political parties for smaller government and let the states figure it out mm -hmm. uh, so can't really say in a, with a broad stroke that hey dc politics you know they they take more credit or they won't you know don't want to be involved they want the it's not really really true but it's a seesaw because dc politics it's just a revolving door of different faces representing party um, 
agendas on a on a two year or four year basis. There's nothing we've talked about this before. There's nothing necessarily new coming out of there. It's just new faces with sometimes a little more invigoration, uh, invigoration or like nuanced perspectives or a different backstory like an AOC or uh, someone who you feel is just slightly different than the traditionalist politician. But very quickly they get brought in and they get turned out. And they're just another politician. So yeah, they probably realize pretty quickly you got to play a game or right. play and, it the certain way. And that's way the and stuff that gives itself too much credit to me. Maybe. Th- that game of politics, the Game of Thrones, so to speak, that happens in Washington, D.C., I think the American people in 2020 more than any other year, especially in an information age, have just woken up to the fact that like, you can keep hoping and, and thinking that things are going to change based on the cast and crew that are in power there, but you're only fooling yourself if you do. Because you can literally just give in one more time. And there's going to be a ton of people that do that here with Joe Biden. And maybe it's warranting. We should give everybody a fair shot. Absolutely out of the gates for sure. But with a Senate majority or a Democratic run Senate where they have the uh, Chuck Schumer is the majority leader there and Mitch McConnell is the minority. And Pelosi retains her power. Like you said earlier off mic, there's just you're running out of excuses, right? Yeah, they're it's at the start of this new administration. There should be zero excuses for not getting things done. And what you have now is an interesting mix of emotions amongst American people because I feel as if, yeah, their feet are being held to the fire. Is that how the idiom goes? Yeah, feet. Their feet are held to the fire now more than ever as well. Whereas in the past. I'll speak from just a, a young person's perspective. You're in, not young anymore, no, but go ahead and try. The pa- in yeah. the past, when okay. I was young, All right. I left it up to the older crowd to care about politics more because I felt as if it was more pertinent to them, the decisions that were being made by the 50 to 60-year-old farts in Washington, D.C. But now, all of a sudden, at 37, I care what the 45-year-old farts Year two, some things never change. But the 45-year-old farts are doing in D.C. because I feel as if I can spot a wrong decision a lot more readily than I could when I was in my 20s. Um, as it pertains to the state of the country or the state of, of something. A lot of that is data-driven, too. A lot of it is because we know what bad choices look like by politicians. We've seen a ton of them. We should, we've aggregated all of this in our minds if, you, if you've wanted to and if you've taken pleasure in studying the political spectrum and how it works in government. You can only let people fail so much, right? To the point where it's like you stop giving them chances if they blatantly fail. If somebody is at work, for example, working for you. Work's different than politics, though. No, we employ these people to represent us. Yeah, but you can't just fire them. Certainly you can. You can't. Well, you can. You can fire them in a very quick turnaround. They have, a instead of a 90-day trial period, they have a two-year trial period. 
Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Once they're elected, they're elected for their term. And unless they're doing something criminal, they're in there. They can make bad decision after bad decision after bad decision, and they're in there. Maybe that needs to change. Maybe the decision-making on a very modular level needs to needs to change. I don't know. You know, one of the irritating things watching some of the news coverage is very quickly you start talking about, well, they might be doing this because of the 2022 elections or they're doing this because of the 2024 elections. Like we're already yeah, right. making decisions let about what we're that. doing today yeah, let us on do the that. stupid well, on what might happen in 2022 elections right. and 2024 They're putting elections. it out into the universe, which is pretty it's just, silly. It's a quick tune out for me. I don't care. Don't mm-hmm. care. Do you care about what what went down today in D.C.? How do you feel personally about what, what went down when you did you see pictures of it or tell me about how you first learned about this today? Uh, listening to the radio, uh, sports radio station. <laughs> oh, interesting. Oh, OK. On a sports radio station. So how did they present it? Well, they just talked about it very briefly. I, I really I had too much to do. I was working today. Oh. I don't just because. I mean, I don't. I don't really care. I'll be really honest. I don't really care. Um, knowing what was going to happen this morning, you knew something was going to pop off and happen three weeks ago. You know, in the afternoon. Yeah, mm-hmm. you you knew. Now you didn't know maybe they were going to storm the Capitol building or anything, but you knew something dumb was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't care. Each of these, um, so interesting, but each of these events in 2020. They've almost been uh, handled by the folks who are part of them, kind of like a build-up to a wrestling pay-per-view. Yeah, okay. there's like there's like promotional build-up to yeah. it, and for three or four weeks, you have these back and forths on the microphones before uh, between the two it's wrestlers. A trash involved. talk, sure. Yeah, but it's so formulaic. Like you'll have a contract signing, and then you'll have the this guy gets mad, this guy beats him with a chair, and then you think that the guy's out of it. And then the guy comes back a surprise attack with the yeah. with something else, that, and then all of a sudden it culminates in the pay per view. Yeah, that's all I'm seeing here. <laughs> that's all I'm seeing here. This is a pay per view. The pay per view. The election was the last pay per view. This is the next pay per view. Now you're going to have a quick turnaround, and in two weeks you've got uh, another pay per view because in two weeks Trump is out of yeah. But I think office. this changes that pay per view. How? He doesn't even show up. Um, he may not be there. Um, you I mean, think he's going to resign? He, he could resign. Um, he could be. I mean, that that's very possible. I mean, are you? It, you're not worried being a somewhat of a historian, more a historian than I am. You're not worried about him going completely off the rails in the next two weeks. This is a guy, keep in mind, still got nuclear codes, still has access to foreign influence in various capacities, whether it's through not bringing folks back from places that they're at or inciting some sort of, uh, there's been talk about Iran in the last couple of weeks out of the blue for no reasons. Like, you shouldn't be telling the press in America any of this. You should be telling the next administration this if it's all if it's all serious stuff. But you're not you're not worried about how much further he could go. 
No, because his focus is on election results. Okay. His ego still is all ego. Yeah. I mean, he's going to have to try and save face here too, right? I mean, I guess if he's, you know, gone off the the cliff, so to speak, and it just wants to create chaos at this point, then... I, maybe it's but, hard to say but, that he hasn't, but right? I, I would, I would say right now, if he said you need to do this, whoever he's telling, even though they should follow the chain of command would probably not follow the chain of command. Why? What changed today? Because these are things that we've discussed previously where we felt as if that should have been the attitude of his staff and his folks, his cabinet. Back in November. Well, I mean, you're back in November, right when the election happened. It's like soon after when you see a guy like Mike Pompeo come out and say, "These we're preparing for our next administrator or the next." Well, this is what I've been talking about most of this year with Trump. Mm-hmm. You don't talk trash to him. You don't call him out. You let him go. And when he does stuff, you you okay, whatever. Because eventually, what Trump does is self destructs, like he did today. Absolute, and what he's done over the last month and since the election, he's 100% self destructing. And you're seeing people who would have supported him before now are no longer supporting him and are now, you know, are opposing him in a lot of questions. And he's immediately firing back at these guys. And it, it, he is creating a, a situation in which there's zero benefit to support anything he does. Absolutely. And in my interpersonal relationships throughout life and folks that I haven't gotten along with or agreed with for legitimate upfront reasons, I treat them the same way. I sort of let them do their thing and I take a step back and eventually things happen that make them realize what's going on. The difference here is that these aren't this guy's not a friend. He's not somebody who's isolated as far as impact is concerned. His radius of impact is that of a president of the United States. And if you let him go, which we have for the last year, too, this is the result. So the thing is, if you don't well, let him go, some of these things are preventable in my mind. Some of the we don't see what we see today. If somebody along the way interjects, look, the moment the election occurred and happened in the way that it happened in early November, these most these events were set in motion. This was going to happen with or without him speaking today. That's WWE script 101, too. It's like you have to have certain things happen. (laughs) Oh, man. Anytime you get a large gathering of people together, there is violence and chaos every single time. At least in 2020 and 2021. I love how, that's another thing. Everybody's doing this thing with New Year's and oh God. 2020 sucked and 2021 is going to be so much greater. 2021, people, is going to suck. It, well, it's not only going to suck. It but might it be is. slightly better than 2020, but it's going to suck. I mean, we're going to be taking vaccinations all year long. When you say Corona's, you, mean you and, and people like you. Yes, Corona's not going away. No, it's not. Here's stay. Not in 2021. It's not going away. Here's stay. Spanish flu has been around for 102 years. I got the math right this time. <laughs> this thing ain't going away. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I get everything that you're saying. I just, 
another thing the past year has taught me is if you know something's wrong and if you know that you can at least say something about it, it's almost your your duty, your obligation to do it. We've talked about this within the scope of our personal lives with friends and family. If they do something that we know objectively and we can remove our bias from it is is incorrect or invalid and can cause harm to surrounding persons or influence them in a negative way and you are a voice of reason it's your obligation to do it and it seems like in dc and within his administration and within his party the last year with minor exceptions very minor exceptions mitt romney is one the only one i can think of off the top because he's the big name but i'm sure there's a couple of others but it just seems like they allowed for this to happen when, I mean, I know this sounds weird to say or to even propose, but shouldn't it be as simple as literally arresting the president of the United States? Well, that can't happen. And you know that can't happen. Because he's teetered the line so so well when it comes to inciting all of this? Because you have the critics who say, oh, none of it is, none of it is his fault. But then it's the fault of the people. So you should be arresting all those guys, which we aren't doing that either. It's like no one, no one's taking responsibility for the actions that took place today in D.C. Welcome to the world. No one takes responsibility for anything at any time in history. Then this doesn't bode well for the future of this country. How about the world? I don't know that the world has these sorts of issues. Oh, I mean, they absolutely yeah, sure. Do. There's parliament fights, and there's 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 uh, the equivalent, and there's chaos within governments across the world. But they're not the quote unquote leaders of the free world. They're not touting themselves as the the leading nations for diplomacy and and democracy and freedom. We are. So if I see it in Swaziland, it's a little different than seeing it 600, 700 miles away. Well, we're in 1,000. Who's counting? It's a little different. I because don't know. It's a little different, Morgan. I don't know. The people that you saw today in D.C. are domestic terrorists. That's extreme. Why? What makes them domestic terrorists, but Black Lives Matter not domestic terrorism? The trespassing on government grounds. Or destruction of personal property? Uh, personal property is not. Or if somebody company robs property? A, if somebody robs a 7-Eleven, they're not a terrorist. If somebody breaks out No, but what I'm saying is the windows. If, if you protest and you burn down a police station and businesses around it and you... That's not That's terroristic. Not, it's not. It's locally terroristic. It's not a national level of terrorism. What you saw I today was national level. Why, just because it happened at, at on Capitol Hill, it made it national. Yeah. It's in D.C. It's localized, but it's a government building. Okay. There was it was a government building in Oklahoma City. Right. That's an act of terrorism. Or if you're talking about the McVeigh thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hundred percent domestic yeah, terrorism. He blew people up there were no weapons there were some found there was an ied found i don't know if that's true at all that is accurate i uh, know they started reporting that stuff and here's the problem with this is early on people go i saw this box and it had wires in it and then seven days later on the 10th page of the newspaper you find out 
it was some BS that was trash and wasn't really a bomb, but no one comes back and corrects it and says, hey, that first person that said something, they're 100% wrong. Unstable people act on it Correct. because of rhetoric. Correct. Agreed. Which is what you saw today. Unstable people acting on rhetoric. But who's to blame? Because Trump... Well, somebody has to take some personal responsibility, right? Right. But here, here's the here's the line between that. Let's, I mean, you know, let's use our. Local you know, example. you're walking into Capitol Hill where you shouldn't be. There's some personal responsibility there. Yes, but you're walking there to hear the president talk for four and a half hours the you're night not, before. You're not about how everybody's here to stand up against what's happening, and for the hundredth time, you got to hear stuff like, "This election's been stolen." I love you all. Thank you for being here. You're not the enemy. You're doing the right thing. And really, it's just a guy who's on his last gasp realizing that eh, I might as well, in a very sadistic way, bring down everybody who's got my back with me. Because I don't want to go through this alone. Well, he's doing what a lot of people do. And that's they live in a, in a denial world where... This can't possibly be true. There's no self-evaluation. Uh, if you don't like something, you don't accept it, you charge denial. forward mm-hmm. in full denial, no matter how much evidence is presented to you, no matter how much resistance you see that on there. He epitomizes in a lot of ways a lot of the bad qualities about Americans. He's a perfect president for our times. He was at some at one point. He doesn't need to be anymore because we've got the data. Well, he's not anymore. I mean, right. he's we, got he's got two weeks tops, and we've seen not. the data. But but that you bring up a great point because I I've thought that for a long time that whoever the president is epitomizes the motivation of a decent amount of what America stands for at that point in time. Which I don't know about that. Oh, it does. Because Trump doesn't get elected unless there's people out there clamoring for someone economically driven to bring them out of the rut of 2008 to 2014. Also polar opposite to Barack Obama on many levels. And people wanted that for whatever reason. Well, they wanted, they didn't want a politician, a lifelong politician. They thought that this would be a little different. It was, but in the wrong way. Right. That people are going to have to take responsibility for. America got us here. It wasn't Trump. People showed up in 2016 and voted this guy in. Yeah. Okay. So those 45, 50 million people, I, they've had to learn something, right? In the last four years? Well, they? again, they're not going to admit they were wrong. There's no way they're going to self-evaluate. Most of them are probably powering ahead in full denial that this had to be all false or um, rigged elections. That brings up a dangerous future. Because what you have, what you have working against those people is another form of resistance. But it's, an, it's a resistance to incorrectness. Like, that's literally the opposition that shows up when you have such a... This is why it's a good... It's a pro-con situation, to be honest. You have denial. 
Denial doesn't just get to run freely. I know sometimes it's best to let denial run its course with people that can't be, you know, turn the other. Like, nobody's going to nobody's gonna lose sleep over letting a guy make another flat earth YouTube video. Like, let that guy go. <laughs> let that guy go. But these people are creating an opposition cognitively that is set in its ways as well to provide an accurate representation of what is going on. And in an information age, eventually what that resolves to is the data does go in one direction or the other. And the data does not lie necessarily. So what you're going to have over time is like what you had with COVID. Eventually, the denial like is moot. It's dead on arrival. Because the reality is so against whatever you're thinking that denial just doesn't have room anymore. Except for in that person's like isolated life. And then what those people are going to become when we went through the whole denial scale is they're going to become depressed. And unfortunately, they're not going to handle depression like normal, sane people handle depression. They are going to go off the deep end when that point enters their life. And you're going to see a reaction to depression, which is fighting that and that is a scary picture to contemplate because these people will be proven incorrect if they haven't been already and i don't know you don't like it when you're proven wrong i don't like it when i'm proven wrong like irrefutably i have issues with it like i, that, on, I don't mind prove me wrong well i mean like on something that i thought i was right on, like for a long time maybe well, if like, we're talking like an ideal. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, not not like uh, seven times three is 24, Morgan. Nobody's going to tell me otherwise. <laughs> like, I won't get mad if, if I did my math wrong on something. But if I'm wrong ideologically on something and it takes six months or a year for somebody to present me with something that says, hey, did you ever think about it this way? Or, or remember when you said this and this? That doesn't add up. You're kind of contradicting. This is happening. It's not happening yet with these folks because they're living in an echo chamber and they're surrounding themselves with people that agree with them. But eventually, those people disband. These people aren't going to be a mob for the rest of time. No, they won't. And I do not think that they will be able to cope with the ramifications of their actions when they're the ones that have to face them alone. Without the, the mob behind it, won't, they won't be that reflective. It won't even matter to them. They'll catch on to whatever the next thing is, and they'll be on to the next thing. But what if the world hasn't the world taught us that um, it doesn't go down like that anymore, and that accountability for your actions may be something that? Are you kidding me? We make law after law that says you're no longer accountable for your actions. Are you? We're going in the 100 opposite direction. But that's resistance to the we're, natural law that may be occurring. There is no natural law occurring. There is. There is no right or wrong in that in nature. 
There's no evil or good. What if it's, there just is? What if it's forming itself? Data. What if it's forming itself off of data? The world, like, in what way? You're talking so generically, there's no way to have any sort of argument or counter-argument. You're not being specific all right, I'll be, at I'll all. Be specific. Human, be, human civilization, what if we've reached a point where we can start effectively data, using data and history to say, oh, this led to this, led to this, led to this. We don't want this to occur anymore. So this is clearly in the wrong category. Or the wrong family tree. Will never happen. But if it's data-driven, it's happening already. If the algorithms are are being written Uh, to um, determine... Unless AI starts steering everyone's thought process, it will never happen. The problem is (laughs) AI AI now... Because AI now doesn't steer you in one direction. It steers you in the direction you start. You as a person start. So we're not all going in the same direction. Right. We're going in 500 million different directions. Right. So what you're suggesting would never happen. Well, we're at the big bang uh, moment of AI aggregating data. We're at the expansion part. The contraction part is what I'm suggesting is where the algorithm shifts and says, okay, what did denying COVID lead to? Yeah, no. What did now we're talking about cultism. Now we're talking about me controlling your thoughts and your thought process and telling you what's right no. and what's wrong. Yes. We're we're letting history do that. We're letting we're letting But again, depending on what side of history you're on, your point of view is different. But there's an There're going to be people from Germany so that don't, don't believe, believe they were wrong at all during World War II. That's fine, but that's 70 years removed from the fact. If we had AI back in the day, you'd be able to prove to the German people why they were wrong. But you have AI now and you have a large group of people that deny that the persecution of Jewish people ever happened. That's because you're trying to like fight something that's the arrow of time will not allow for you to fight. Like you can't go back and, and but you have to have that knowledge and you have to have that. I agree. Data point. You can't just ignore it. Absolutely. But objectively there are, there are right and wrongs to how these things shape over the course of history. There, there is a right and a wrong as to what occurred in the Holocaust. Oh, sure. There is. There's one that you don't have to turn a bias on. You don't have to tap into a good person, bad person mode or anything like that. And you could literally just plot out all the events that took place on the Nazi side and all the events that took place on the Jew side. And you can say, okay, wrong, 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 wrong. Right, 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 right. These people were living normal lives day to day. Raising families, working hard, and then you've got a regime that doesn't approve of them based on skin color, based on religious belief. You go down the list, you don't, I mean, sure, if you go to a very rudimentary, like primitive core level, you can argue. Which is what we do and who we are. Right, but, but AI does not need to be that way. AI can sort it out very quickly and say, yeah, you can feed AI. This is good. This is bad. And then you deal with the ramifications. If it prevents another Trump-like candidate or a more extreme version of a Donald Trump becoming a president in the next 30 years so that we have a repeat of 2020 in 10 years for my kids' generation 
uh, or grandkids' generation, et cetera, et cetera. If it prevents all of that, I'm all for it. I'm all for the tightening of human impact on the course of history because I don't necessarily believe that we're the only ones who get to dictate it at this point. In 2020, I think humanity has had enough time to prove itself as being the sole proprietor and director of the course of events on this planet. And if it can't get a couple of things figured out, something else steps in. And since the aliens aren't going to show up anytime soon and take care of it, maybe we do hand it over to a smarter. It'll never happen. It already has. It has not. We do it with our propaganda and our marketing spectrum. You're telling me we don't do it in our defense systems? We don't do it in our policing agencies? You know we do already. We do. Slowly but surely, we are taking the right for the human to make the decision away. Which is wrong. 100% wrong. Maybe maybe when forgiveness and, and saying, yeah, let's, man, let's chalk that up in the mistake column. We got that one wrong. But, you know, we're all human. Maybe when that adage and that rhetoric, like, didn't have such weighty ramifications on people that don't deserve things like this, like people that aren't even born yet that are going to be born into a country that's on fire or a country they have no control over because their parents didn't do anything or because the politicians in place didn't do anything or didn't stand up and we just chalked it up to this is the way humans are. You can interject and you could say, okay, that is the way humans are. Here's something that doesn't care (laughs) and is going to take care of it on its own. That doesn't mean in a bad way, in a negative way, in an Orwellian way, or all of these conditioned reactions that we have to what a less free-willed-like system would look like. Because when you say that, yeah, I agree with you. When you say taking away humanity's free will is oppressive and wrong, at the core level, yeah, but it wouldn't be wrong It wouldn't even be on the table if people would grow and if people would get better and if people would learn from their mistakes. I don't believe that human nature is not learning from your mistakes because I think that I'm a human being and I've learned from some mistakes. So if I can do it, I don't understand why the guy next door can't. I I don't. What's missing? What's missing in his his head to the point where he can't self-correct? Because he doesn't think he's wrong or made a mistake. Or it was someone else's fault as to why this happened because we nurture that in our society. We don't say you are responsible for your actions. We say, oh, well, it's because this happened to you in the past. So how do you change or, that? Uh, how do you change the environment, the look of the I don't think you can because we're going way in the opposite way of not holding people accountable. We talk about accountability, but we don't really mean it at all. How do, you, how do we mean it then? How do we mean it? Because I mean it when when I talk about accountability, and I think you do too. So how do we apply that to a higher level of just infrastructure and how things work? Off, like right away, my reaction is be is if people repeat the same mistakes, you remove them from being able to make the same mistakes. Yeah, but is okay. How do you remove them? 
What do you do with them? Throw them in prison? No. You, so how do you remove them? Well, it depends on the lane of which the mistake they're making. So give me an example of uh, um, politically. Well, let's just start with with breaking laws. Let's okay. start with criminality. We have the three strikes system. Which we think is bad. No. We think it's bad for certain Certain Mandatory things. minimum sentences and things like that. For certain things which yep, we're... I think it's bad. Well, we're working on eroding the aspects of it that we don't agree with. Like if you get caught with three ounces of marijuana on three separate occasions, it's not as severe as committing one rape. Right. I so would agree with we're, you. We're, yeah. we're chipping away at, at the things that... Cause but did you read the thing about... grandiose ideas did you and we didn't the think thing? them through. About uh, in San Francisco recently here, where you had the the criminal, the guy that um, in April of 2020 uh, was given a five year sentence for breaking and entering, and uh, you know, the, in the new DA was like, yeah, time served, and just put him on probation. And even though he got arrested several times between April and December, nothing was ever prosecuted. And then drunk driving, he just killed two people last week. Yeah. So he had committed and done enough, right, to say, okay, he probably shouldn't be in society because he can't make the right decisions. He should have his free will removed. Right. But you have people that go, no, I'm not. That's that's wrong. And they empowered and put him back on the street. And now two other people are dead based on their decisions. And they're not saying, hey, that's my fault. Right. They're saying, no, that's the police department's fault. Right. They're pushing blame on someone else instead of their own policy. It's, it's, and unfortunately, that's just where we're at. And I don't know that there's going to be any great thing that comes along that quickly changes that. But if you rewind that story just a tidbit, and humanity, human beings take away humans' free will, left and right. We take people's free will away by imprisoning them. We take people's free will away by killing them. We take people's free will away by exiling them. We've done that historically for ages. But it's when you introduce the idea of something other than a human being doing it that it becomes a problem. Well, because it's got to be programmed. It's got to be it's got to be directed. Right. And that's not another computer doing that. That's a human being doing that. Like is it? What if it's sure it is, but what if it is that, that mythical organic data aggregation that we've alluded to a couple of times? What if it's just the computer, the machine learning that exists with the machine does not know right from wrong without you telling it what's right and what's wrong, but it doesn't have, but it's got, it's got opinion pieces on the Holocaust. It doesn't have a million opinion pieces on the Holocaust being a good thing. And Holocaust denialists. Oh boy, I, I think you might be wrong. There's probably enough there that it may not know. I don't know, man. If you add all the scholarly documents well, that exist. What exists in, in Iran, for example, on the Holocaust? What exists in books there? What exists in television shows there? What exists on the internet there? I guarantee you That'd be interesting it's all anti-Jewish out. and it's all Holocaust didn't exist. So if you throw that into a computer's data pool... It's not, it, it's, it's going to be confusing. Well, it's going to have some data that says it was good and some that says it's bad. It doesn't know how to filter that. So what if you just code death is bad? If Trump died, would that be bad? <laughs> Don't ask me that question on well, episode y- 51. We're, 
episode one of year two, don't ask me that question. That was something you should have asked me a year ago. <laughs> I mean, you don't necessarily wish this. death. No, but I've since thought sometimes about this. And, and let's, death is yeah, we're the peeling. thing that should happen, probably. We are trying to pierce through some holding back um, of sorts that, you know, you've we we have to do to some degree because we still have this this microphone in front of us but look how many americans out there have sat back on their couch in the last week or two or month or two or year or two and said why hasn't someone just <laughs> what what is it about 2020 that we live in a world where a guy like trump is not not like either removed directly and imprisoned or somebody takes it upon themselves to handle it themselves or something of that nature. I think about this well, because, because we've lost a lot of good well, people in 2020. Keep in mind, we, you, you can't just preventatively arrest people. You cannot just preventatively uh, do things to people. They have to commit a crime before you can do anything to them. That's our law. That's the way right. that things work. E- even what if, I'm saying is historically, assassinations in this country, Martin Luther King, JFK, RFK. Um, give me some others. <laughs> there was an attempt on Major Reagan. Major assassinations. Reagan. These are good people. So... How backwards flipped is the mentality of what we're willing to fight against in this country and actually remove from existence if you let the worst of the worst run its course? Meanwhile, and this is subjective, of course, because some people didn't like Kennedy, some people didn't like Reagan, some people didn't like MLK. It's all perspective, of course. But I'm telling you this the AI. <laughs> the AI can compare Trump and JFK and somebody's going to win that battle of good and evil. But on one end of the spectrum, you've got all these potential great leaders of all time removed from existence swiftly without a second thought. And we have to deal with the, and you see it in hip hop too. Sometimes I hate to bring hip hop as uh, as a comparison, but you see guys like, Tupac, the notorious B.I.G. Those are, of course, the two biggest names that come up. But these are guys early on in their career. They show the world that they have a lot of promise. They show the world that they stand for something. There's actual substance in the words that they speak. And they have a radius of effect that grows quickly. And then they're removed from the equation against their free will. However, on the other end of the spectrum, we allow the other end of the spectrum to run its course without any ramifications at all. And I'm not saying, I'm not advocating for somebody to do it. I'm saying, why hasn't it? <laughs> why hasn't it according to the laws of the universe? Like if, if Trump is public enemy number one, why are people just taking it? I don't know. I really, I don't. <laughs> the people that ransacked the Capitol should really, be but if good really, Americans if you really out think of jobs. About it, but if you really think about it, the good die young, the evil live forever. On this realm of existence. Yes. But it doesn't, Belinda Carlisle, heaven is a place on earth. It can be. 
Not with humans. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, I guess if you were alone on a desert island, that might be heaven. No, it but wasn't for a, Tom Hanks. But you throw another human in there, and it might not be so damn heavenly. Yeah, depends on whether the human has long hair and it doesn't matter what the, it doesn't matter that you know even in that situation it might only be heaven for a month or two and then it might be hell pretty quickly yeah those of us who are married understand absolutely I understand it goes both ways absolutely. but i'm just entering the gates as dante would say careful ye who enter here like entry. like heaven would be Two islands separated by enough water that it's just a sh- short swim or a short canoe. Yeah, and like on right one across, island, right. there's all the stuff one person needs. And on the other island, there's all That's the stuff. That's heaven. Yes, absolutely. Like living room and bathroom. <laughs> that is an intense discussion for me because I believe in, for better or worse, I believe in the separation of clear, evidential good and evil throughout the course of history. The problem Uh, is, is that it's blurred everywhere. It's always blurred. Maybe, but with data, I think that gets unblurred very quickly. If, if in the information age, if you can soak up an education on how historical events happen and people have no issue with saying, Oh, now that we have access to the Tulsa riots and all these little uh, events that we didn't know about because we didn't read about them in school. You can build an objective response to them very quickly. Sure, there's a cognitive bias to a degree there, depending on the person's life and their experience. But still, you can grab a group of of kids, have them read about a little-known event now, and then you can use their reactions as data to formulate the response to what took place. And then that's what you run with as the reaction the majority reaction. You don't have to include the minority when it comes to opinion. This is not a racial thing. <laughs> but this a lot is not of times, a sex thing. This is right wrong. Well, a lot of times, what's right is the, the minority. Yes, but typically that's when there's not a lot of data on that topic. Yeah, but if you go down that path of of you know always taking a majority opinion, and that's what drives the data, then the minority is going to get worked out of the equation completely when it comes to when it comes to righteous causes i don't see a problem with that yet i I don't i don't see a problem with that when it comes to making political decisions that benefit all of the people in this country versus certain classes certain races that'll never happen right because well because some have and some don't have you can never make an equal decision that affects everybody positively. Any decision made will affect some people positively and some people negatively. Yeah. Every single one of them. But will. you need to take that leap of faith to see what those reactions are. UBI is the perfect. It's hard to have this conversation without mentioning it. If you give everyone equal opportunity to do with as they please, then you get data on even more free will. Free will that wasn't existent existent before. Because people don't have the free will right now to reach into their bank account, take out $1,000, and do with what they shall. Some people are struggling to put food on their table. I do believe that everyone should, in this country especially, should have the freedom to have a meal on a daily basis. 
outside of poor decision making and all that. Like even if they've made nonstop poor decisions up to that point, there should still be some guaranteed system that bails them out of making such horrendous decisions that they can still feed themselves on a daily basis or their children or their loved ones. That should be a, in this country, and especially in an era where we can crank out clones of animals and produce cloned milk and cloned cheese and all that, it shouldn't be an issue. It should not be an issue for every single American to have food on their table, especially with grocery stores throwing out tons of waste on a daily basis, other establishments doing the same thing. That should be something that, yeah, sure, you can encourage people to, you're going to have to wait in line on a daily basis like they did in the 30s to get your food. But everybody, not one single person, should go without a meal on a daily basis in this country. Now, amplify that a little bit. And if you give people $500 and they're still $500 on a monthly basis, and let's say you cover their food expenses on a monthly basis for a family of two or three on average, and then after six months, there are still people starving, then the sympathy, the empathy that you feel with the people right now that it is not their choice to make it, you've removed that. You've taken that away. Some of it maybe, but you're still going to have people who are sympathetic because, oh, well, the landlord did this or the cops wrote them a ticket for this or. But at what point do we cross that bridge when we get there? That's a great question. I, I would, you know. We got to. I, at some point, you've got to stop making excuses for other people. Or the what ifs and, and the, well, it could go this way, it could go well, this way. Well, if it happens, it's your fault. Oh, well, you parked there and got a ticket and had to pay 200 bucks and that put you behind. That's your fault. You knew there were signs. You parked there. Right. Don't park there anymore. I don't feel sorry for you. Right. Um, but that I don't think happens very often. Hmm. You know. But this is to echo an, an earlier conversation we had with a good friend of our, two good friends of ours, uh, Chris and Miguel, when they were here last year, where we talked about the core essentials of Americans, food, water, and shelter. All of a sudden, a year later, all three of those are kind of up in up in the air for a lot of folks here in the U.S. Shelter is certainly up in the air. I don't, I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't really? know. No, I, I don't feel like there's mass homelessness or mass That's, hungry people out there right now. Uh, I'm not gonna, I, I only want to argue moving forward with you when, um, when I am a hundred percent confident in what I'm about to say. Not that I, I'm not, but <laughs> I, I don't want to argue about this. But there's a significant hunger and people not being able to afford their next month's rent issues going on in this country right now. Significant. I don't think you don't I don't think so. We don't see it. But it is it's right around the corner. Guaranteed. I say that somewhat subjectively. I don't live Well then I'll go back and I would say they're probably at fault. They should be held accountable if they can't afford what they are, yeah, but, I don't know. But what if their what if their job was taken away? What if they didn't qualify for unemployment? And what if they didn't get a stimulus? How is that? Well, fault? there's no way all that could happen. It's happened to people, guaranteed. It's happened. Why would they not get it? Why would well, they not have gotten a stimulus? Well, 
Why would they not have been able to get some form of unemployment benefits? So what if you're not, what if you're not a legal citizen? Why then is it my responsibility as a legal citizen to prop you up? You came into the country, you migrated here illegally. That comes down to the core. Why do I have to spend my money to build you up? Well, that comes down to the core of what this country stands for, and that is very subjective. And historically, I know how the documentation works for this and how becoming a citizen is welcome, and everybody's really advocating for a lot of folks to actually become citizens of this country. But then you look at something like Ellis Island and you look at the mass influx of Europeans into the U.S. when all that took place. And, I mean, there was no, of course, it was, it was a little bit more relaxed at that time, but there was no formal, there wasn't a lot of work that needed to be done to become an American citizen. You showed up at Ellis Island. You stood in the line for about an hour and a half, it's and you were an American citizen. We had this huge breadth of land that needed to be populated. Do we not have a similar need anymore? And is that where the right. is that where the gut of the illegal immigration conference, the guts of it, really lies right now? Is that we don't need a lot of the people that we're getting right. now? You're starting but to get overpopulated. But we do. Why need do we? The, why, why? Because there are there are jobs being done by these folks that you will not True. ever have done. But in 10, by anyone okay. who is above ten them years in from now, rank. ten years from now, it'll be done by a machine. So what do we do with that person then? Unskilled, uh, who can't fit in to society. My conspiracy theorist triggers are going off in my head right now. I won't say what they're saying. But they're saying, what if people figured this out a long time ago and they're like, ah, oh, we need to kill these people <laughs> with a virus that targets poor and nope. and people that group in, in large groupings. We need to dwindle the population down so that we don't have to figure out a way to resolve this long term. I'm just saying. Well, this this latest latest one didn't kill enough, and it didn't specifically target. I mean, you're in year one. Well, I mean, you already got it. It targeted people with preconditions, which could be argued that it is going to be people of minority, which it's been proven that it has affected them significantly more. I don't know. Can you not argue that those communities, um, have a different look and like? Well, for Feel? example, sure. for example, they don't they don't want to wear a mask, so they're not going to wear a mask. No, I can't. I I have not I have not observed with my own eyes or heard with my own ears a bias coming from um, minority communities anywhere in this country where that rhetoric has existed. It's existed more. Amongst, Boy, I don't know, man. Well, it's existed more amongst rural populations. I can see that. And there, I, I've said this before, it doesn't matter what race you are, if you're living in the boondocks or in the outskirts or in the country, the way that news travels and what you believe from the city and just the way that you handle city folk and their opinion on things, it's met with resistance up front and center. But I don't know, man. I've watched... Um, 
me and Miguel about a month ago were watching some videos of like the opioid epidemics and the heroin epidemics going on in inner cities in like Philadelphia and Baltimore. And there's this guy, I forget his YouTube channel, but he just drives around with a dash cam, right? And he just observes with the camera everything going on in the streets. And it's all very like just not not great stuff going on in like big cities in the rough parts of the cities. Yet there are masks being worn to some degree. There's not masks, of course, uh, on the, and this was like two or three months ago, so different stage in, in COVID. I haven't seen anything that would suggest that like amongst minority populated urban areas, there's less mask wearing. I don't, I don't see that. I don't see that because I, a lot of these folks are out of work and anywhere they go, they have to wear a mask or else they're not allowed. Certainly you can't show up for a job interview without a mask anywhere in this country. Well, you can go to the grocery store without a mask. No, you can't. No, you can't. I don't know about Tarrant County. You can't do it here. Well, you're not supposed to, but I see it. Really? And, and you know what I see mostly is that a chin is so protected. Like chins are never going to get the, this virus. You need to be racist. But the the uh, the nose, however, is clearly out there in the open, breathing in all the affected air. And if they sneeze, it's going to be everywhere in the grocery store. I see that all the time. Yeah, that's ignorance, though. Yeah, and 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 that that is. I've seen it across the board, though. Yeah, I've seen. I it. see it in a higher percentage in in, in minorities. Yeah, I really? think so. Yeah, interesting. I was gonna say I see it. Well, okay. So this is just personal like, experience. I've like been out my quite dad, a bit. for example, when he, when he was alive, um, bitched and moaned about masks, but wore them. Hated them, anti-masker. But if he had to go somewhere, he'd have to wear a mask. Didn't want to, but he would. And he wouldn't do the whole thing where pull it down around my nose or pull it down oh, around yeah. my chin and wait till somebody says something before I put it on. And sure. if somebody says something, tell them something stupid like, I can't breathe the mask on. So, I, you know, I feel like there's a lot of people that are that way. And then there's some people who just make somebody say something. People don't like, yes. Before, but, they, before they do something. But how much of that is because folks want there to be drama. That's true too. Yeah. It's not because of, so it's here. Let me feed, let me feed the data algorithm a little bit. I was uh, in Denton, the city of Denton this past week. I was just checking out some local establishments that I'd never checked out before on my own. Uh, I do it on my weekends sometimes. And I walked into a place and I've seen this twice at other locations, but there was a gentleman who walked in without a mask and he was immediately confronted by the store owners, and it resulted in um, a back and forth. And then the store owner just said, if you want to stay here, I will call the police. So your options are stay here without a mask or I call the police. And then it got into a back and forth about <laughs> some of the rebuttals here are your local government and your state government say, I don't have to wear a mask coming in. And then the guy who owns the store says, I'm going to call the police. And that's generally just the back and forth that is observed. I've seen this three times over the last half year. 
They've all been white guys, older white guys. Now, I agree with you on the lackadaisical wearing of the masks. Yes. But when it comes to not wearing them, I have not seen it well, out it's the of same anyone thing. other if, than if, if I somebody wear a mask, I know is a Trump supporter. If I wear a mask How? and I'm not covering my nose, you might. Why are you even wearing it? Because it's, it's you're not, waiting for you're waiting for that confrontation, and that's where it's a little different. But it's the but but the protection is the exact same. I get that the attitude may be different, but the protection you being protected. Is the same. You know if why I'm not I wore covering baggy my nose? pants to school in high school when there was strict law or strict high school uh, dress code for not wearing baggy pants? I wore baggy pants because I did not care about what the school said was a pro or I did not agree. Right. And I would I would say that nonconformity probably right now, goes right now is incorrect. Well, it is. But I would I would say that that probably is big time. In in a minority mindset, I'm right? trying to. I'm as the year progresses in year two, you're gonna get these softballs and you're gonna knock them out of the park. I'm sure. But I'm trying to trying to tee you up here, trying to for what? Trying to throw it underhand for for the guts of this conversation. A lot of these folks don't want to be told by white people what to do. Absolutely. Or they don't trust it. And I get that. Do you get How, that? I get historically? It. I do. 100% okay. get that historically. However, this is different. No, it's not. It's different. It's different at a core level. On a surface level, it is not different. It's still local governments, the establishment, telling people what to do. This time around, it just happens to be the right thing to do. But the other 90% of the time, it's not. Well, I don't know about that. Well, and you're going to have a problem because not there's going to be school is not the right. <laughs> you know, you're going to have a problem with, with vaccine too, right? Sure. People aren't going to want to take a vaccine because they don't trust that's the government. How about the doctor that animal. just on purpose ruined vaccine? Dr. Drew? No. He needs a vaccine. There's a doctor in he Wisconsin that got the Moderna, I think, and left and pulled them out of the refrigerator to destroy them on purpose. Because he believes it's no good to put it in your body. Why is this guy in any sort of way able to get his hands on it? Why is he working in a pharmacy with this sort of conspiracy theory? You know, vaccines are not good to put in your body. Like if we had vaccines laying around, we wouldn't just stick. If there was no virus, we wouldn't just stick these things in our arms. There wouldn't be a need for it. Right. But it wouldn't provide us a benefit. It's not a steroid shot. It doesn't give us an a stronger immune system. It doesn't do anything. It literally is designed to combat this thing and only this thing. The only reason I bring that up is because vaccines are such a nuanced part of the medical spectrum that I don't disagree with people flat out of the gate when they say, I don't want that needle in my arm. Because there's more than just that. Here's where I'm going to... And here's where I slide to your belief. You don't have a choice. You want to be here? You get it. There's no reason for measles to still be an issue. There's zero reason for it. It's extremely deadly. This is not. Here's where I slide to your side. But what I'm this saying, is though, is if, you an, if you're an anti-vaxxer and you don't give your kids measles shots, then at some point you're, they're, you're they could get measles. You're measles to come and kill your kid. Yeah, but... But you're not doing that with COVID because we've been hearing it from folks who 
Well, with something like argued that COVID isn't that serious with the young folks. So why are young folks even contemplating a vaccine shot at this time? What they've already spread. There's 50 million cases in this country. They've already been spread. Every 25 year old has gotten COVID. Well, yeah. Well, the only reason you want a vaccine here is to protect the 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 weak, the old, and the weak. Yes, which that's we the said only reason. Earlier in this episode, we're going to die off anyways. I agree. And people have been saying that for the last year anyways. The people shouting it in hallways of government buildings. I see these horrendous videos of confrontations between anti-maskers and non um uh, and compliant folks. And this guy, um, this lady lost her, her father or her mother, and she's showing up at a anti-mask rally, and the guy says your your dad is not a special case. People die every day. This is how life goes. I'm like, bro, no. The, a preventable death is a preventable death. And when it comes to vaccines, there's nothing telling me that any of the deaths are preventable if people en masse shoot themselves up with this thing. There's just not. So you let a million, 1.5 million people take the shot. You let first two waves take the shot, but the people that don't want a vaccine right here and right now and aren't running to get one at Kroger or Tom Thumb, much like the flu vaccine, you let them either be accountable for their own actions or you let the universe eventually tell them you need to get one of these because people are dying left and right. That's what you do with the vaccines. You don't, you don't, you can't force logistically you can't for you can't logistically force people to show up and take a shot there's so much that goes that has to be considered there well you can simply say i can't come into the grocery store without proof of a shot but then what kind of of worms does that open because we weren't doing it for covid but we're doing it for the vaccine but we didn't want to curb the issue so then you get into the can of worms that I open up all the time with these conspiracies, which aren't conspiracies. They are. not. But how can it be a conspiracy if you literally create a problem so big because you want the resolution to be bigger? And Rahm Emanuel says this. Tons of people say this. You don't let a good crisis go to waste. So I know why people are pushing for the vaccine, not you personally, but folks in the pharmaceutical realm, folks in the They're not making realm. a ton of money, obviously. They're not. What if they're... Not pre- from you, the consumer. They're not making any money off of you. No, of course not. It's a free shot for most folks with yes. health coverage, right? But that's the superficial aspect. That's the part that people look and they're like, oh, they're not making any money off of me. So this has to be good. They're getting billions, hundreds of billions from the federal government, from world governments, from world organizations that if you, if you try to, if you try to analyze it from the get go very quickly, you're like, this is just, this is just predatory capitalism on a large scale. So is that how we're just going to view any pandemic that happens from this point forward? It's, automatically human engineered for profit no because the thing with this one is you had people from the jump saying we don't have to get to this point we don't have to get to this point and then every single one of those points were just pierced through by denial 
by full steam ahead. Fuck what the people are suggesting. Sorry for the curse word. I think we were curse free so far. Probably not. Maybe. Um, sorry. Anyway, there goes my curse free year two proposition. But you had peer people just running full steam ahead, disregarding all of the warnings about this. And then all of a sudden we get the vaccine and it's like, damn, we got to do this. We're all out of options. No, the, all the same options that existed in year one are still on the table. If that means Joe's Crab Shack is no longer here in 2022, shucks. If that means the nail salon down the street has half the population, shucks. I can live with that. What I can't live with is injecting myself with a shot that I don't know in 40 years I'm going to see an infomercial for saying, if you got a 2020 COVID vaccine shot, you may be entitled to $15,000 settlement money. I've seen that on a personal, local, family level. I've seen predatory capitalism take an effect on naivety and people who were not well-informed within my family who just wanted to keep on going to work to provide for their family. And then 40 years later, they're dead at the age of 70, 65 from a cancer that they paid settlements out to people who worked in steel mills because at the time we didn't know about it. It's completely, it's a different sort of anecdote that I'm using, but it's the same thing. People do not care about present day harms and ramifications at all because they're short-sighted and all they care about is, does this interfere with what I was trying to get tomorrow? Does this interfere with what I was doing tomorrow? Does this interfere with my plans tomorrow, my job tomorrow, et cetera, et cetera? They do not care about anything of what it could interfere with in a year, in a month, in six. All they care about is like a 12 to 24-hour time period of interference. And if any of that is interfered with, then the discussion is off limits. But then you elongate that sort of ramification spectrum and well you can't you can't propose such a thing you it's 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 borderline treason to suggest that this could have adverse reactions long term like are you kidding yeah shots in the arm have long term effects no i don't think so every single sh- the intention of the vaccine is for a long term effect to prevent covid from infecting you Okay. So what are the sacrifices that are made for that to be achieved within that cocktail of drugs? We don't know because it's up to the people who want billions of dollars within a certain window of time. They do not care about the ramifications in 10 years time because then they'll have billions of dollars to pay out. This is the cycle of I think, how things work. Boy, I thought I was cynical. On a business level. This is cynical when it comes to business level. When it comes to people, it's a little different. I care about the ramifications of this discussion in 10 years. there are people and doctors in these companies, in these businesses that are very, they're they're doing it for the cause. They're doing it to help people live. If you think every person in Moderna is only out for the billions, you're 100% wrong. They're out for their jobs. 
everyone's out for their jobs. The guy who spoke up against what was going on, uh, I forget his name, uh, who was part of one of these, God, I can't believe I forgot his name right now. The guy who spoke up uh, against what Trump was saying, and he had his little week of interviews on 60 Minutes, I don't remember the guy's name, but he was removed from his position immediately for speaking up against this. If anybody saw any issue with the vaccine who worked on it along the way and hypothetically if they were to speak up against it they weren't going to interfere with the rollout of this operation they were going to get removed because that's what we do to people who stand up for the right reasons we remove them from having an impact that's it i disagree 100% with that okay 100% if there's a problem it would have been found in the trials there are problems. There are allergic reactions. There have been... Okay, if you have two allergic not... reactions and 10,000 shots, is that worth holding up the 9,980 vaccinations that were just fine? Do you realize what you're saying? You're taking the exact one year later, we're taking the exact argument for why we didn't do any of the extreme stuff with COVID, yet we're willing to do it now. Are the 30,000 no, deaths no, I'm, in the I'm first I'm still having months. the, you know, from day one, I'm like, why hold up everyone if it's going to be everywhere and everybody's going to get sick and the death rate's only 1% or 2%? Why shut anything down? Just go. Just move forward. I w that's what I was saying from the beginning. And I was telling you that human nature, it, you know, you can shut everything down. They're only going to sit around and be quiet for so long. One that was going to be enough. Two months, three. That would not have been enough. That would have been enough. One month of complete shutdowns minus grocery stores would have been enough. In what scenario, what facts do you have that tells you that was enough to curb it or to completely eliminate it? Because every country that shut completely down 100% had an outbreak again and it spiked right back up again. But you had... In this country, you had international travel shut down from the second Trump came out and said he was shutting down international travel in like late February, I think, right around the NBA season. And then all of a sudden, I remember the cover art I used was uh, for that episode was a guy wandering a grocery store with nothing there. Did we ever really like hard shut down here? Well, I, know, I know we did local. Who in the world hard shut down? China. And you, okay, so we're going to trust everything that happened in China. We're going to trust all their numbers and all their Wuhan's, Wuhan is back to New Year's celebrations right now with zero cases well, in Wuhan. Of course they are. It's propaganda from a communist country. So let's pick a country that completely shut down and didn't have a spike again because it doesn't exist on this planet. And somehow China's the only one. Hmm. New Zealand. Interesting. No, they just had another spike and they got more people. Well, then if this thing doesn't go away and if the vaccine, if you can stick 1.5 million people or more with it, are, are these people being tracked? Can we stick this person we just injected the vaccine in in like a COVID high infected area? And can we see if they could just walk around? And get coughed on and not get it? Can I'm we sure test that's that out? what part of the trials were? And that's why we're exposing people who had it to it to make sure it worked. And they had to go through three sets of trials. For how long? I don't know that I'd have to look up the things, but 
I mean, it went through, I think the first trials were in July or August. There's the last no- trials were in November or December. When we have these vaccine talks, I, here's the thing. Typically, when it's a big issue like this, you and I have to, for the sake of the argument, we have to pick a side, right? No, well, sometimes. Sometimes. Just to represent it fairly yeah. and adequately and have a good conversation out of it. I don't feel yet that you're like good cop with this one yet. I don't, I know you believe in the vaccines. Oh yeah, I'll get it. The moment I can get yes. it, I'll get it. Yeah. But I don't feel as if you're in the right there. And sometimes when you take an argument and a stance, I know right off the jump that, yeah, what Morgan's saying here, listen to it. And he's telling you stuff that is important for you to actually process and apply. When it comes to this particular topic, there's nothing inside of me without even thinking about it. There's nothing that says this feels right. The vaccines. Because for all the stigmas that can be thrown at me for the stuff that I'm saying about this, like uh, conspiracy theorist or anti-vaxxer, all that, I'm none of those. (laughs) (laughs) That was hilarious. Wait a second. (laughs) (laughs) All right, continue. Sorry. (laughs) I'm none of those. Uh Uh-huh. My daughter gets her flu shot on a yearly basis because I don't want her getting the flu. I don't because I feel as if my accountability for myself is what's going to determine whether or not I become a victim of something. Why can't we do that in this situation? Why can't we leave it up to people to be their own sort of Vaccine. I want to go to a movie in a movie theater at some point. Is that all? This I, is for, I, I, I want to be able to go to a restaurant, enjoy a restaurant. I, I, you know, I want to get on a plane with confidence and go to the beach. Um, yeah, I think so that's what a lot of this is for. I would like to get back. I mean, I'm normally self-isolated and a lot of yeah. my day to day or week to week type things, but you know, I took a few days off or a week off and I didn't go anywhere and I avoided people. Essentially, it would have been nice to go to a restaurant. You know, it would have been nice to catch a movie or two, but you know, I, I didn't. Um, yeah, I think that's a, for a lot of people. It'd be, be nice to go to a bar again, honestly, without being fearful of, of, um, getting sick. I've been thinking about that recently. I would like live music is killing me. You know what that I, comes I mean, down I only went a few times a year, generally speaking, but I love live music and a live music environment, sporting events. I haven't gone sure. to any sporting events this week. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I would like to get back to at some point. But here. you know what's holding you back there? It's not the virus itself. Oh, yes, it is. No, it's the confidence that you have in the other people that you're going to have to be around there. Well, in some sporting events, there isn't Arnold fans. Right. But when you talk about bars and restaurants, it's literally... I can go to a restaurant. Sure. Right now, I can go to a restaurant, but I don't really want to. Because, not because of the virus, but because of the confidence that you have in the other people that are there. Because you can account for yourself, but you can't account for the other people around you. So, again, how does... You're well, not if I have a vaccine, who, but you're not going to know who's vac- if I'm vaccinated. I'm vaccinated, then I my but chances of, of getting it are l- 
are little are way less, right? So then you're just so then uh, balling. Yep, let's go. And you could be in the five percent non-efficacy rate, and you could be carrying the thing still non-symptomatically even after your vaccine shot, and you could be spreading it around it unknowingly. Except now you have the confidence that you're not. And the efficacy well, if everybody rate gets drops. yes, but if everybody's vaccinated, then it doesn't matter. But the efficacy rate goes from ninety-five percent in trials uh, with like thousands of people to probably around seventy percent when you're starting to talk about the millions. We won't know this until right probably a month or so from now. But I guarantee you, the efficacy rate drops considerably once we see the data returns on this. Well, it depends uh, if you're comparing it to the flu vaccine, sure, but there's different strains of the flu. There's different strains of this too, but but I I, I think that's yet to be seen because all the other vaccinations that you would take, uh, at least in this country, don't have efficacy rates in the 70%, so they're in the 90 percentile. I like solving problems at their core rather than having to deal with it after the fact, and that's probably why once it reaches a certain point, I want nothing to do with a solution. Because I feel as if there were multiple remedies along the way, and but there weren't. they weren't entertained. I mean, if, if shutdown is the only remedy, that, that's realistically, that is not a remedy. A shutdown in February through March, again, I don't want to, this is Would not have stuff. done anything. Would have, would have slowed it down. But it would, uh, would have away. slowed it down, would not, have, no, would not have prevented it from ever happening after March or April or May. We would have spiked again in June. We would have spiked in August. We would have spiked in November. It, it, this is not, there's too many people on this we'll planet and we move too freely about. We do know. We'll never know. We had 340,000 deaths in 2020. I think that's the range we were estimating when we did our little math. Uh, you were in the millions, I think, but no, that's okay. You can di- change that story if you want. The audio exists. I dialed it back in real time, and I said, okay, if we're going off of the daily case counts, 1%, then yeah, by the end of the year, it's 340 to 360,000, and we were ended at like 344 or something. And I also said, I followed that up with, if 300,000 people plus die in 2021 from COVID, all the people who took vaccines in 2021 will have done it for nothing other than potential future compromisations to their immune systems. And if that's what ends up being the deal in 10 to 15 to 20 years, it's just another thing that could have been prevented that no one cared about in real time. That we'll just have to suck up when we cross that Again, bridge. It could not have been prevented. We'll never know. Uh, we do know. Again, we do know. It, it was not prevented. It was not prevented. It was not. And it could not have because, been. What, by the scale time, of 1 to 10, what do you think the you, effort was put forth by the United look, States of America by, to prevent this? By January 1st, it was too late. By Jan 1, 2020, it was too late because no it had already been active in China. No, the way in this China. works. Oh, yeah. It takes its time to creep in. We talked about this. It there, took its time were, to reach look, to us. There were direct flights from Wuhan to New York mm-hmm. every other day. Right. So there's a reason New York got hit hard early on. Yes. But Dallas did not have to get hit hard if once you saw New York get hit hard. Look, once Wuhan was hit hard, yeah. that was it. 
it was over. Your, your ability to contain, your ability to keep it from going anywhere else in the world was done, over, gone. You had no chance after that. Our, our ability as humans to freely travel around this planet is the reason stuff like this is not going to be prevented. Because by the time you realize what it is and you start to get a, a feel for it, it's too late. Well, take the business travel element out of the equation. Then. It's not even business. It's pleasure travel. People aren't traveling for pleasure over business anymore in 2021. If you look at the tourism numbers for, for air flight, it's 70% business. It's 30% personal. You leave the personal, leave the personal stuff. They're accountable for their own actions. If somebody knows there's a raging pandemic going on and they fly LaGuardia to Rome because on their social media they said, buck this, I don't care, I'm going on vacation, I want to see the Colosseum, let them. If they come down with COVID, let them. They can deal with it, let them. However, if somebody's job depends on them flying from Pittsburgh to San Francisco and there's a raging pandemic, no, there are preventative measures. There are free will removals in, because, first of all, it's not that person's free will. that They're getting on a plane to go from here to here. They're doing it for business. They're doing it because they are being requested to. It is part of their job. And there are layers of that that you can prevent. You can hard clamp and you can say, no, for the next year, your job is no longer going to require you to travel. We do not care what the ramifications of the airline system imploding are. I don't know that business travel in 2020. At first, during the spread, it was domestically. We did not shut down air travel at any point in this country domestically. We, we slowed it down considerably. There were weeks where you saw the news stories of planes empty and this is terrible for the airline business. Oh my God, what are we going to do? And some of my airline business folks were stressing it very heavily. Okay, those are, th if there's friends of mine listening to this right now that are in the airline industry, I don't know how, I told my brother, who I love ever so dearly, the same thing when he went back to work in April. I said, James, I don't know that your job is more important than the lives that are at risk or the health of your, your life, your health. And the people that you come in contact. I don't really care more about your job than I care about you. So I'll say the same thing to so friends and family. This. I don't think anybody's job is What are the, what are the largest travel days? Uh, Thanksgiving week. You, okay. In the U.S., you've got Thanksgiving pre and post. Um, Christmas, I would say pre. And mm, yeah, those are the... Which is all leisure travel. Leisure, correct. But the largest days are We're leisure travel. We're talking about the spread well, of the I, virus. Uh, the original spread of this virus, how it happened, was in the middle of March. It wasn't people... You didn't think people were going on vacation? Who's going on vacation in the middle of March if everybody's Well, our buddy working. Chris went to New York at the end of February and the 1st of March on he vacation. Took, he took vacation. He took vacation because he had a spring break was right there. Was that a, a ton decision? of people going? I don't know. But what I'm telling you is you're, you're saying it's all business related. And I'm telling you, you can pull the business out of it. There's a ton of leisure travel. There's a ton of people who just want to go somewhere and get away for a weekend. Vegas, you name it, Mexico, Caribbean. Look at all the people who are on cruise ships during that time. 
and, and none I'm of it telling should take you, place in a in a in a pandemic situation. But I, and I'm telling you, it's not just one thing. It's not just business travel. Whatever. Whatever. It's okay. What's done is done. On to 2021. <laughs> hey, that should be the slogan. What's done is done. On to 2021. I mean, uh, if you're we're paying attention to the news a little bit, there's some British airline that's getting in trouble now for their ad, which is basically telling people, hey, get your shot now so you can book your beach trip in in March. Well, Vegas was advertising, when we reopen, everything will be better than and bigger and better than it was before. We care more about your safety than anything else. They were doing that in like March and April on YouTube. Yeah. I'm like, fuck off. Seriously, like just take a break for a year. Just take a break from from your constant need for greed for a year. That's it. Individuals up to businesses, up to cities and states and countries even. Just press pause for a year. We've got enough money for everybody to survive in this country, especially in this country. We've got enough money for everyone to survive by taking a break for a year from your normal, hectic, go-getter life. I, I don't think it's as easy as you think that is. It's just not. People aren't doing anything important enough. From my perspective, there's just not the flow of business and the constant stream of business just does not quantify as important enough. People getting up every day to type emails does not make sense to me. As to what You've heard it from me very consistently, the whole bullshit jobs rhetoric and the fact that there's a lot of jobs out there that should not exist and have come into creation and existence over the last couple of decades for no reason, just because there's been such a an excess of revenue and finances within those establishments that job creation can exist and come off as something needed, but really the job is just like a filler job to simulate growth within that organization or to get you up to a different tax bracket or to alleviate some of the requirements from the higher-ups that are within that establishment. But on a much more toned-down level, nothing anyone does in this country was important enough to continue doing other than what we saw from the essential workers who were essential to the maintenance of this country's just foundation. That's grocery stores, medical, public transportation. Why do you need that? Well, you didn't, but you needed it because you kept cities open. So the public transit people and the MTA folks in uh, metro areas the so, where they have subways, they had to keep going to work. And they saw one of the largest infection rates across the country were within public transit workers because you kept the cities open and you kept people who wanted to disregard everything that was going on walking. So for someone who didn't have a car, how did they get to the grocery store? (laughs) Everyone who lives in a city lives within a mile of a grocery store. And if you don't live in a city, fine, this doesn't pertain to you. But you weren't driving to the city to get on a plane or to get to a grocery store to begin with. If you live in the country, yeah, maybe you do take your car. Or if you don't have a car, how are you getting to the grocery store anyways to begin with? 
maybe this was a failed opportunity for us to really kick the shared economy off and to have all these infrastructures kick off big time where you could get groceries delivered to your door. Maybe they did kick off and we just don't did. know. Yeah, it did. It absolutely did. I mean, and now everybody's bitching and moaning because Amazon's too big, makes too much money. Nah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That sentiment's out there. Amazon was kind of essential over the last eight months. And Jeff Bezos may be looked at as one of the most evil men on the face of the planet. That's just because of the way he looks. (laughs) He does look like (laughs) Dr. Evil. Oh, okay, I guess. Sorry. Sorry to all our Lazy Eye fans out there. He's he's bald and he's got a lazy eye. (laughs) If that doesn't scream modern day villain, I don't know what does. Uh Uh, The COVID talk was inevitable, but that's because we haven't talked in two weeks. And there's been a lot of consistent COVID news, of course, because we live in a COVID era and the pandemic is still increasing in death toll. And we set new well, records. It will. I know. And it'll continue to grow. Yeah. I know. Even as you vaccinate 20 million people, the death toll will keep going up. Yeah. But, all right. Might slow down in a couple of weeks now that we'll, when we'll be well past the holiday get together phase. How were your holidays? I didn't even ask you. Boy, an hour and 40 minutes in. And did you watch anything? Did you have a chance to. You took a week off of work. For those who don't know, that's pretty rare for you. It's the first time I've been able to take a week off of work in five years. That's awesome. Well, four, I guess. And you spent it? Doing almost nothing. (laughs) Good. I mean, I played some disc golf for a couple of days and slept for one day pretty much. And a lot of watched uh, some television. television. Yeah, watched some television because it was raining because I couldn't go back out and play any more disc golf so did you, went to the track for a day or two and i and i enjoyed it but uh now it's back to business now it's back yeah, it's so busy there's so much to do now so work work wise things have picked up so good what kind of content do you watch do you do you watch more real life stuff or do you want these days do you watch more history channel discovery stuff you know or do me, you I'm watch a, fiction? i'm a big history I, I watch both i do but i'm a big history guy yeah I'm becoming a big history guy. Are you? Well, good. I hope I'm having some influence here. You, you are. There's there's, there's little, some interesting stuff. Yeah, it's that's what it's got to be with me. It's got to be something that immediately piques my interest or something that I've heard of in the past. Because so, I'll be honest and candid, I don't necessarily want to talk about stuff that I have no background information on. Because I never feel as if I can formulate a decent enough stance to where I can be genuine in in discussing the matter you know what i mean well let's go back to when we were talking earlier about ai deciding what's good and bad what would ai think of religion oh i'd have a lot of data that's for sure yeah it would be able I'll, i'll tell you exactly what ai would do ai would be able to see that every major religion and even most of the minor religions in this vast world we live in of religious belief they all have shared elements within them that stem from core beliefs that probably existed definitely existed at some point 
in the history of this world. Otherwise, the core belief would not have permeated from it. That's typically, that's typically what happens. If you get, if you get a room of, of people and you sit them down in front of a news story or some opinion piece, and then you survey them all afterwards, they're all going to have different takeaways of what they read or what they watched. But the AI is able to probably delineate the commonalities that all these people have. So that's what AI would think of religion in a long-form answer. I, my guess would be would probably be like, yeah, this shouldn't exist anymore. This is negative for the human oh, yeah. population. Oh, yeah, because humanity has taken religion and gone full extreme with it yeah. all the way. But AI would also be able to spot the benefit of religion, and it would probably concoct something that was well, the scary similar thing, to that. Well, that's what I'm saying. The scary thing would be that it would it would see how it influenced people and try to copy it to influence people. Mm, that's if AI wants to influence people. Well, it sure it does. No. What if an AI is just coded to get the best oh, out of it may, people? It may want to influence. No. <laughs> you want it to influence. No. I want it to get sure. things right. Yeah. But that's, you want it to get things right so that it influences people as to what's right and wrong, right? No. That's, that's an interesting interpretation of what I want from AI and I'm glad you mentioned it because nobody ever like actually tackles specific nuances that I'll discuss within these larger expositions of my thoughts on on these things. So thank you for stopping and saying that's what you want from AI because no it's not. I want AI to get what humans can't get right. Well, if it gets it right, what's the benefit? The benefit is some of these things need to be moved on from, like you're suggesting with religion. I'm suggesting with opinion, with right and wrong. When it comes to thinking you're right, for but how, how 10, does how's it going to do that? Data aggregation. But how's it going to how's it going to produce the data aggregation to show human beings this was right and this was wrong? Because it can formulate. and that is influence. That is it dictating what people should think. But okay, so here's the thing. If I'm coding the AI, let's just hypothetically say I'm a computer programmer and I'm coding this world global AI right-wrong algorithm. I'm not feeding bias into it. I'm taking stats. I'm taking historical... Um, Look, for, for it to take stuff, you, you, for one single human to feed the machine you're never you're going to have to teach the machine how to read on its own and take in data on its own right. so that it can grab it very quickly right so you're not going to have any control over bias there's going to be biased information in that let me let me elaborate the bias is removed from the organic aggregation that's taken place over the last 20 years that's been natural people have gotten on the internet via Search via email, via social media, via typing something into your computer and then erasing it. There's so many little avenues of uploading, as I referred to it on our last episode, of uploading data into the cloud. Let's just call it the cloud, the AI, the AI cloud. That it's got all of that now. What it's waiting for is for the individuals 
who are, have been doing the same thing that it's been doing to come along and to code into it what it does with all of that data. Now, where that comes from, where that comes from, like any other code, it comes from the human brain of the person coding it. And we which talked is, about it. Which is biased. Yeah, but we let this go with social media. We let it go with uh, advertising bots. We let it go with websites. We let it go with businesses. We let it go with all this stuff. Why is it that when I talk about letting it go with right and wrong, all of a sudden we cross this threshold that, no, 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 we can't do that. But I can, I can hop on Twitter right now or I can hop on Facebook and I can see eight people who are irrefutably incorrect on a topic. And that is permissed in this realm of existence, even if it's something even if it's something fundamental or worse, something detrimental to that person's well-being or others around them, we allow for it to permeate, influence, and even grow. Yet when you discuss the opposite, back to the assassination stuff, all the assassinations of good people, those <laughs> happen. But the assassinations of terrible people, well, I'll take that back. We We've killed some pretty bad people of course okay sorry the i was trying to bring up that that parallel <laughs> it didn't work because we have killed bad people with drone strikes and with uh just perhaps gun assassinations and just weapon like hand-to-hand combat but when it comes to when it comes to human opinion we even in 2021 we're okay with people getting hundred-year-old things wrong, 50-year-old things wrong, that if we let them continue, you do run the risk of them becoming racist, them becoming, and let me, let me get this right. Like, I believe that the freedom to be racially driven in a direction or whatnot is, is, it's okay. It's, it's perhaps human nature doesn't make it right but it's it's a freedom that even though i don't think people should seek out and should should like in, insert themselves into echo chambers full of racist people to where they're allowing that influence to impact them i don't agree with that but if you naturally somehow see some issues with people for other reasons that you can't empathize with I'm not saying you're not allowed to feel those things. I'm saying that you're not doing anything new. You're not treading any new ground. We have all the data on you if that's the road you're going on. So all I'm suggesting is that we prevent it from escalating to a a higher level of impact that we've seen as well that has negative results. So you just sort of temper, you limit what you're willing to see stuff turn into. That's all. That can be coded right now. It would just be viewed as evil. I'm just saying. And in and the, the ability, you want to talk about conspiracy theory, mm-hmm. the, the ability to manipulate that, to get people think in a way that somebody wants somebody to think is just. But that's irrefutable. Not, and it, there's a if disconnect you believe, here. If you believe that, it, if you believe that, um, 
you know, COVID's specifically engineered for pharmaceutical companies to make billions of dollars. Well, any AI that dictates right or wrong is going to jump is on the same chain. thing. Mm-hmm. Here's the difference. I'm willing to be wrong on that one. I'm willing to be wrong on the fact that any company generating an AI or a vaccine is out for financial revenue only and not the benefit of people. Unfortunately, the only way to prove whether I'm right or wrong on that one is time. Like in 15 years, if we're on year 15 of meandering on episode 1644, <laughs> let's reconvene then. And then you'll get my answer as to whether I was right or wrong. Difference is we have something to work off. We don't want to be on episode 751. Oh, shut up. He didn't do the math. I did too. Did you? Oh, yeah. Based on the 50. <laughs> good. <laughs> you are a, a mathematician when you want to be. <laughs> The difference with this is we have the other direction of time to work with. Right now, with COVID, there is no precedent. You have comparisons, but there is no precedent. So I even have to allow for people to get things wrong. Well, that's that's there's no precedent because this would be what I would argue the first modern day pandemic right? where it's worldwide right. effect. Right. But we've seen what racist people look like. We've seen what racist people can do. We've seen what sexist people can do. We've seen what people with a violent gene within them and within their brain that wants to cause harm and inflict harm onto people can do. None of the people that are on track to do those things are going to be doing anything different than what we have seen done. That's the difference is that there's not going to be, yeah, you're going to get some variability. You'll get a serial killer who kills people on Saturdays and Wednesdays only because he grew up or she grew up (laughs) (laughs) celebrating those days as days of sacrifice. You're going to see that variability, but at its core function and at its core like action, they're not doing anything we haven't seen done. So the free will that they're exerting is not really free will. It's someone else well, who did it before them, and you, they're just copycats. You seem to think that these sets of circumstances are what percentage? 75% indicator that this will happen in the future? Yes. 80% indicator? Yeah. Okay, so... Because the data aggregation is up to that point. Well, you can't just act on everyone that shows that because oh. 25% of them that was may not make that that was episode 42 Sasha okay where we act and we have a drone swoop in <laughs> and the drone drops a crane and sucks the person up and takes them off to Guantanamo and, that and was even, old me new even, me saying the AI creates the system that much like the advertising and the propaganda that AI does now very under the radar and unless you're up to speed and you see what's going on with your eyes and you're like, well, how does it know? I like baseball cards and Whataburger. (laughs) I think that's a shot at me. So (laughs) screw you. (laughs) But what you do is you create the same ecosystem out there for folks and you steer them away. Maybe, maybe you influence them away from having those kinds of thoughts. We have, (laughs) it, it, if I'm on board with what you're saying and that this is too infringing upon freedom and human rights, then why do we have psychologists? Why do we have marriage counselors? Why do we have interventions? Why do we have people who, who say, hey, it's my job but to intervene? 
and and to stop you from making a mistake. People have to seek them out. They don't just show up on your doorstep going, we've noticed this behavior. You need to now go to this therapy. <laughs> right? I don't know. You, that doesn't happen with people who are dependent on drugs and alcohol. Typically, people intervene in those situations. Yeah, because well, it's family members because they see them going down a road and the family member can, you know, I mean, you can have the intervention, but that doesn't mean that that person we're has to go family. do anything. We're all a family. Love yeah. thy neighbor. Uh, I don't like my neighbors. I know. But Actually, I really do like my neighbors. But Good. But if your neighbor is going to the same bar as you and your neighbor is a little reckless there should be something in place that prevents him from having an impact on you. And I don't, I don't know, man, that's a, that's a very weird thing to tread on. Yeah. There are consequences that we're not thinking of with something like that being in place. What if I'm telling you the data, the, the level of data aggregation that's been reached and the level of AI that exists within the, within the confines of the, just the system of living in existence. What if I could tell you that it already happens to the point where if someone, there's probably an algorithm. Have you seen the Adjustment Bureau? Yeah. Matt Damon. There's yeah. probably an algorithm out there already that can determine the hour and the time based on your cell phone and your location. If you're at a bar, and you've been there for a considerable amount of time based on your credit card transactions as well, of course, or the tab running on your card, because this coincides with my target. Yes, with my target story from a couple. So all that data aggregation can determine when you're going to be drunk, what time you're going to be drunk, what time it's going to take you to be above a certain limit of alcohol and be safe. And it also knows your body weight because the driver's license, assuming that you haven't put on. You know, That's got to be wrong. What do you mean? That's got to be wrong. That there's yeah, something I mean, out there that can do all that. No, I mean wait on. Oh, okay, license. good. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but the the let me continue on my uh, my mm -hmm. Orwellian thought here. It's not Orwellian because it exists already. So the thing can determine this person's going to be drunk at this time. Now that doesn't mean that doesn't mean in Sasha's world that there's a cop waiting for that person, even though it could. There's a cop waiting for that person around the first corner outside of the bar. That doesn't mean that. What that means is that the AI can go as far as making sure that it's nothing but green lights for that person on the way home. Is that a bad thing? Yeah. Why? That person has no idea that they were that'd under be, the That'd be the next to impossible. Thumb. Next to impossible. impossible. Sure it is because... What if you have multiple people like that going different directions and they're going to cross paths? You that, give them both a green light. You know what that does to me? Other? You know what that does to me? Where do I sign that paperwork for doing that job? <laughs> that that gets my brain going as to like how do I manage all of that? This is this is quantum computing we're talking but about. But you know it would never be used in that manner ever. It depends you know on who's be, coding it. Would, it. You, you know it would be used in the opposite manner. They'd be knocking on your door. Uh, ready to interrogate you and people would just be getting pissed off because they haven't done anything wrong. And here you are interrogating me for stuff. You know that that's how that would happen. Or they would show up at the bar before you leave and just arrest you. 
Or they would just wait outside, wait till you get in your car and then arrest you. But they're not going to turn all the lights green so you get home. There's no, there's no guarantee you're not going to hit something then anyway. Right, but there is a guarantee that you would have minimal impact. Um, well, I don't know. There's curbs. There's people who cross streets. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of factors in there. What if they get on the highway? Yeah. The wrong way. You know, all of these things are being coded into certain aspects of reality that are well, right around the like, corner, well, like automated cars. Right. So all of these this things have to So be drunk driving out. goes away when automated cars are here, right? Goes no. away. Why no. would it not go away? Because the drunk is probably drunk enough to where he detaches from automatic mode. If you're that, don't you feel up, like? Well, don't you feel like you get? How do you get you, in your car first? <laughs> have you ever gotten drunk, drunk at a bar? Okay, me? <laughs> don't incriminate yourself. Me? Are you talking to me? <laughs> I'll be honest. I got so blackout drunk one time uh, that I just I knew I wasn't going to be able to go anywhere, so I just stayed in my car and slept there until I woke up, and that was it. I just fell asleep. Uh, I was aware enough, at least. To the point where I made it to my car and I said, don't put the keys in the ignition. Just throw them on the ground because you're too lazy to look for them oh, afterwards. I, I probably was behind the wheel at least once okay. when I probably shouldn't have been. Now, granted, Our cars I tried come to. Our car with breathalyzers that just Well, that's what I'm down. saying. Maybe they come with something through fingerprint or something that also does a toxicity. Uh, yeah. Hmm. And, but that's and, not too intrusive? That your car can do that? No, I don't think so. Right. Because your you car's just not like gonna baby steps. No, the car's You're not like gonna chipping away. In the year twenty five hundred, they're listening to the show saying, "God, these these guys it's the only way you can go." Yeah, you it's can... the only way you can go is the way I'm going. No, it's it's baby steps the way I'm going. But no, not the way you're going. No, 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 baby steps. You want to cause what we've done for. 800 years. Look, you want to throw the frog into the boiling pot. He's going to jump out. I want to put him in there where the water's cold and slowly heat it up. And that way he just sits there and simmers and cooks. That's what he's been doing for 800 years. Right. So at what point does your sadistic mind say, "Ah, I got to stop cooking this frog? (laughs) Why do you enjoy cooking the frog so much? People don't learn from being cooked. Yeah, you tell they the do. kid to stop touching the stove, but and they keep we know doing that people it. revolt the moment you say this is the way it works, and you if they don't like it, you're, they revolt. Then don't tell them; they're going to notice. There'll be no way to not tell them. The only way you trick them is to do it by baby steps. That's how you trick it. They didn't. They didn't notice for twenty years that the internet was sucking up every little thing about them in order to create an entire infrastructure of online business to capitalize on their wants, their needs, and their likes. They didn't notice any of that. It took a Netflix documentary for a tiny fraction of the well, population first of all, to even have it on their radar. They well, if they didn't know before the internet, they're morons. They're mo- you are an absolute moron before the internet existed. If you didn't understand the that 1984, the, the philosophy. whole, well, advertising and it could have, and this could, this probably started in caveman days. Mm-hmm. This is not anything new. Not at all. This is not internet related. It's, it's not at all, but this is tolerable. The steering of people and the influencing of them in this regard is okay. Or is just something that we've had to like say uh, it has it's going to exist. 
propaganda, uh, influence via money, um, influence via images, influence via words and certain certain colors, even like the red, yellow McDonald's logo, just all that. The Amazon smile. I mean, everybody's seen those those memes from decades ago where they do. There's a FedEx one. There's just there's subliminal messaging and all of these things. So the subliminal messaging that we tolerate and we're okay with influencing people, it's relegated to business. But the ramifications of it, even if that like crosses lines and people are turned into zombies or, or consumer sheep and they're removed from their free will and they're turned into basically robots who wake up, work, eat, and shop. I got it's news okay. for you. We are basically ants. Yes. Yeah, but that's because of the way that the system has been designed. It, the system that's is humanity for all times, not something new invented in the 20th century <laughs> or the 21st century. This has been going on forever. Not new. I don't know. If I, you if you ask the Native American population. Do you think there were people within a tribe that did not try to influence the the shaman wasn't, there was no beef between tribes. Absolutely. There was no beef within a tribe as to who should be leader. Sure. But it was was no, it was natural. That was natural. What, what the American system did is it took all of that. Like it took a lot of other stuff and it turned it into its version. Much like you brought up religion 25 minutes ago. Modern Christianity is the perfect example of this. Christianity in this country is literally taking the concept of Catholicism and turning it into what you want it to be. And Catholicism is the same thing. It's taking whatever came before it and turning it into what you want it to be. This is the path of humanity that runs its course over and over and over again. All of a sudden... When we suggest something that has never occurred or is not in line with the way that humanity should be going, it becomes like something that we need to baby step. Nah, no, no, no. Cold turkey, these motherfuckers. <laughs> Remove them from thinking they have free will being convinced that their definition of free will is free will and actually allow for them to experience. How is, how have they not been allowed to experience at this point? If you, that's a good question because if you poll folks, what freedom, if if you just walk into a Walmart and you pull the first 10 people to walk in and you say, what's your idea of freedom? Nine out of 10 of them are going to say, to do what I want, say what I want, go where I want, eat what I want. But then if you actually incorporate the data of how that person acts on their freedom, it's contradictory to, well, not contradictory. It's minimized compared to their idea of what the word means to them. They don't actually exert freedom. They live very systemic and run lives. They are, we've referred to them as sheep. Are sheep free or are they in a boxed farm? Their mental capabilities do not allow them 
to get out of the box. Why do we why do we say that? Because because we have created a system to where we do not allow them to be out of the box. That's not true at all. That we, is we not say true. In order at all. for you to survive, you have to get you have to go through school, you have to get a job, and you have to have a, a certain level of this this currency in your bank account or in your pocket in order to make it. That that is pretty tight constraints already on what somebody does with their life starting from age eight onward because you're saying if you don't go to school if you don't get a job if you don't work yeah things are going to be pretty tough for you why so i mean in year one it was the same thing it was the same thing hey you gotta go hunt you gotta go gather. Yes. Hey, you need to that was natural. procreate. That was natural. It, it was not necessarily well. That was yes, natural. in you order not survive in order without to, hunting. Okay, in order to survive, sure. But why could? Why did everybody have to hunt? Why did all the men or they women didn't. have to hunt? How? Did, but, but if they didn't hunt, how were they treated or or they, looked at? Roles I guarantee were found you, for them. Oh, I bet it. What well, I bet I bet you it was the same thing as it is today. It's like you're a you're a pussy if you can't kill this deer. <laughs> And if you can't, and, 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 and I'm going to make, gonna make fun of you and you're going to get all the shit jobs and you're not going to get to do anything you want to do because yeah, you're going to be relegated because you're not as good as me because you can't hunt as good as me. Great. And that is what today is in the same box. It's the same box. But if you can't type 120 WPMs, you're not a pussy. Because we've just taken a physical element out of it. Yeah, if you but it's more than that. The people in the hunter gatherer days there's there's evidence that the roles they performed even if you go all the way up to like the village days where people were, you had blacksmiths, you had uh doctors, you had specific roles, I don't know why I can't come up with more than doctor and blacksmith, uh, farmhands, you had various roles that were played. You had mothers, of course, who took care of their kids and women did other things as well in the village. And you just had different roles for people all the way up to that point. I don't need the insurance guy. You don't need the insurance guy. You don't need the guy who goes and sells mortgages for a living. Maybe you do personally through your mortgage company, but who's to say you do? The only reason that guy exists is because somebody said, hey, hey, these people who acquired all this land at no charge, what if we acquire more, build houses for them to come in on, and then we hook them to contracts for X amount of years? That sounds great, Bob. You're going to have to have people who make sure that contract is upheld. And bother the shit out of them when they don't pay. All right. No problem. And all of a sudden you have the real estate <laughs> business. All these perversions of good ideas are what we are left with now. And all I'm saying is the perversion of them can't slow the brakes down. Pump the brakes. The perversion of them should not be allowed to continue on its path. And all of a sudden, if telling someone that they need to be educated and that they should think about getting a job and provide for themselves, in my opinion, is not a perversion. I agree. 
telling someone that that means you're going to be sitting at a desk for 40 years. And- I don't think that that, I think your view on that is extremely skewed. Extremely. I, maybe I, you're Would you rather to- sit at a desk for 40 years or work in a factory for 40 years? I'd rather, Would you rather build houses for 40 years. I'd rather design jobs that are moving the entire community forward, whether it's local or on a higher level that are moving the entire existence forward. That will never happen. And you know, it will never happen. All you need is folks to start on a local level. If we can create jobs that get us away from our jobs on a local level that provide revenue, stability, and security, that's all you need to take care of. Those three things. And if you have establishments that are ready and willing to hand out the provisions that allow for that system to create itself, much like all of a sudden you had this economic boom in the industrial era where you somebody could walk into a bank and say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay a thousand people to come work at the steel mill because you guys want cars, right? Well, you're going to need bodies to make these cars. So I'm going to bring everybody in to make these cars and we're going to pay them this amount of money and we're going to get the industry going, but we're going to need a ton of it to get up and running. You have that in an intellectual moving forward progression future rather than whatever it is we have now, which is just a steaming pile of shit. I don't know. I kind of like what we have now. Here's what I don't want to do. I don't want to be a farmer. I don't want to grow shit. So in a community like what you're talking about, you got to provide some sort of food. So somebody's going to have to grow. Somebody's probably going to have to raise animals. Now you could be the somebody's going to have to slaughter. They could just have a three. We could have a 3D yeah, you printer. You better hope there's a 3D printer because I'm not doing any of those stupid fucking jobs. Yeah, you will. You, you'll be the 3D See, printer. Even in a situation like that, I don't have any choice. I have to be part of the community and I have to do a role that the community dictates to me has to be done because we can't all choose in that situation. No, you can choose a role. What, I, you're going to have to put people, okay, maybe in the beginning we can all get together and choose roles, but as people are growing up, they can't just choose what they want to be. They're going to have to go to the area of need that I have. I don't have a choice because what if everybody starts to choose all the same profession and I don't have teachers anymore? Well, it's modular. What do you mean it's modular? It's modular. Depend. The thing, the system knows what you are best suited for. What if everybody's best suited for the exact same thing? Then it doesn't get up off the ground and going. But everybody's not suited so for the best thing. Otherwise, we'd already look, be all we're doing not, the same look, thing. Look, we're not suited to all do different things to make a community grow. That We're not suited for that at all. What you're talking about might happen here. You might that what you're talking about may happen with a hundred people or a thousand people, but it's not happening with twenty thousand people. It's not happening with a million people. There's no effing way. So what do you do? Limit the size of towns that operate this way? So then now I can't move from one community to another. I see. I, I see the. If this were to happen tomorrow, I see the dilemmas. I see how it's this too could take- idyllic. I I don't. It sounds cultish. It sounds religious. It sounds like everybody needs to have the same thought pattern. I don't like it at all. Thought pattern. Oh man. I could see the cultish aspect, but I believe everything is, has cultish aspects to it. I believe, <laughs> I believe the system of, of lifestyle that you subscribe to now, whether you know it or not, is cultish. Because you're not the only – now, Morgan, the individual, has his quirks and his fancies that are unique to you, and the way you present them is, of course, unique. However, 
at a base level, what you do is done by millions of other people, and that's indicative of a cult to me. What no, you do is you wake if I up, was you working, commute. If you, I was working in conjunction with other people with a like mind towards a like purpose that's cult-like, what I do is not cult-like. No, you are. There's no collective. No, no, not the job itself. The routine. The routine is not collective. It is. You, when you share your high, there's a reason there's traffic every day. It's because of the, there's a collective doing the same thing every day. There, you get on a highway. Just because we drive to work at roughly the same time does not mean we're a collective on the same Well, you're chopping four goal. hours of your life away every day with a collective. So you amplify that times whatever the square of all the cars on the highway are. Those are lost. So everybody in a car on a highway is a collective. Every single person, they're all doing the same thing. Yes. <laughs> okay. Don't buy it. Well, they're driving a car. So? They're on a highway. Okay. They're at the same place at the same time, which does not signify a collective. They're all doing different things. They, some of them may be traveling in the same direction, but they're not traveling in the same direction the whole way. When I'm on a highway and, the, and the, it's busy as hell on a Wednesday, and I'm speaking subjectively here because I am in the formal sense unemployed, <laughs> but, but I look around and I'm like, are all of these people unemployed? And then I start spotting the truck and I'm like, okay, the 18 wheeler makes sense. Oh, okay. The guy with the business sign on his uh, side window, that makes sense. But then I'm driving by minivans or I'm driving by uh, kids with their, um, with just like leisure clothes on. And I'm seeing other cars coming on the other side of the highway. And then I'm in traffic jam at 1230 in the afternoon. Um, somewhere I shouldn't be in a traffic jam in and I look around and I'm like, okay, statistically I can account for myself. I am not going, I am working, but I am not formally at, at work. Is that person next to me? Why aren't they in an office? Why aren't they working? Are they employed? All of these hypotheticals run through my head and I try to number crunch what's going on. There are collectives of maybe five or six lifestyles out there right now. And that's it. That's it. They're all, they're all individual cults in their own right. And that's probably why people don't get along with one another at the core like arguments that, that folks have is because their lifestyles are on the line when we're moving at the rate that we're moving at in this sort of world. And that's not a bad thing. That's innovation to me. That's forward progression. I'm pretty sure a lot of this resistance that was met on both sides, because there's resistance for me too. I don't want to go back to a an office job. I am willing to do what it needs to be done as an individual to do that. However, where it goes beyond that is that I believe Again, I'm not trying to influence people. I'm not trying to say, do this, and you'll see the light. What I'm saying is that I believe if an opportunity naturally arose to where people could be subjected to the same core available options that I was presented with that were unique to them, they would see the same things, and all of a sudden, life would be, I can... Do this, 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 and this, and still sustain a revenue and a stream of income? Why wasn't I told this 30 years ago 
before I dedicated the last 25 to working my way up a fucking cog in a chain system infrastructure of economy that I was really holding up times 10 million, of course, or however many people are employed, that they depended on me to be a cog in the wheel. And yes, cogs in the wheel can be interchanged. And for every person who doesn't want to do the job, bring someone on. And all of a sudden, isn't it convenient that as we move towards an automated future, this is going to happen with a lot of people. People are going to be like, what's the point of me working for the man anymore? I'm going to be replaced eventually by a robot, depending on my field of expertise or whatever it is I do for a living. So I either continue to provide and roll with the punches of whatever corporate America has for me, and maybe they'll find a role for me there, or I take accountability. And I live my life the way I want to every minute. Now, I get it. Some people aren't ready for that freedom. And you have to have the current infrastructure in place to baby step them, or maybe never even for some folks, because that freedom is not for everyone. You can aggregate all that data, and you can figure out who it's not for, and you can figure out who it's for, and you can figure out who thrives there, and you can figure out who provides more for a community and a family and an ecosystem with that freedom as compared to sticking this person in a prison, so to speak, for X amount of years and relegating to them, them to this lifestyle because that's what benefits you and your economic system and your infrastructure is sticking this person through the same. I can, think you have a jaded view of everything. <laughs> so funny to hear you say that. I really do. This is all... This is all data that I've aggregated personally. I'm not speaking on anything that I cannot verify with my own eyes or hear with my own ears that I still hear to this day when I'm in when I'm in alternative listening mode, active listening mode, which is an alternative <laughs> listening mode. When I'm actively listening, Morgan, to the conversations being had around me, I hear people it's you can't ignore them. People don't like their jobs. They don't understand why they're doing what they're doing for the most part. They don't understand how they got there. Midlife crises well, exist for a reason. And you know what? I'm here to tell you, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what they do. They will not like it. It doesn't matter. They won't like how it. How is that possible if you begin to cultivate a system that provides a means of giving back revenue and compensation not everyone can succeed not everyone can like. succeed not everyone will succeed so when they fail what do they do they're not going to be happy with failure you can't prop everyone up and make them successful we're not a you know under four soccer game where everybody gets a participation trophy and we can all clap and cheer well, that's what ubi is is the participation trophy no it's not Mm. you're just you're maybe maybe this is just your don't take this the wrong way maybe this is just your European settler <laughs> side of you that says not everybody can be a success story I think they can 
but success means different things for different people. Some people just want money to show off, money to buy the things they want, and money to, well, they can't not want money for food and shelter. They have to have that. So you can let those people do their own thing, but that doesn't mean that they get to Okay, let's Hold say people back. Let's say what I really want to do in life, my passion in life is writing. If I write novel after novel and nothing sells, you should How still, do I live? You worked, you put in work and effort for that novel. The only thing holding you back from being compensated is what? People's reception of it? Yeah, they were, no. they're going to have to eh, like it. Eh. Then what's the point in doing it? What's the point in, in, Look in at writing that. something 10 people We've read. been doing things for people for as long as I can remember. The history of humanity in this, in this world, in this country. What I'm telling you, though, let's say that I write three books. Yep. None of them ever sell. How am I going to feel successful? How am I going to find, how am I going to look at it and go, I spent three years of my life and I'm no further now than I was before. Other than maybe I can say, well, I got to write a book and, you know, those three years are kind of cool. But in the end, I want recognition for my writing. I, I want someone to look at it and give me positive feedback and know that I had something with my writing. I want a movie deal with my book. I want something out of it. Because if I'm only in it for writing the words. Why does that have to come from? Why does that have to come from the traditional sense of recognition and the traditional sense of? What, what it, okay, so what other form of rec- how do I get recognized otherwise? I can't explain that. Likes, to you. likes. Oh yeah, yeah, I like, uh, I like that on social media. No. Yeah, like, not at all. The universe responds. So maybe what I find out is that I'm not a good writer. If you have a passion, even though for I have writing. a passion for it, but I'm not good. So what do I do? Typically, the people who aren't good do get the book deals. And typically the people who aren't good do get the music deals. It's because it's who you know, not what you do. Correct. So throw the entire system out the window. But the system exists. We can't. Right. It's going to continue to exist. Right. But if your passion is to write, what I'm saying is you write your book and you don't rely on people picking it up off the shelf left and right to deem your passion a success. They're not in control of that. These people are passionless. Look, I'm not... I'm, I don't want to invest all this time just to say I, I did it. If I'm going to do that, I'm only going to do one book. You're not doing well, you're not doing it just to say you did it. You're doing it to have an impact, correct? Well, if I was going to, sure. Your impact. And if I have zero impact, zero impact on anyone other than myself, how is that success? You don't. How am, how am you, I going to look at that and go, holy crap, I'm so successful. This makes me feel really good. Look at all these people I influenced. Zero. Impact. I, am a, I will feel like a failure. No, I will go into deep depression because I, this is what I was really passionate about. I threw everything in my hat in it and it's not and a success. People didn't pick up on it. And it's not a success. Okay. What if I were to suggest that you transcend a level of impact that is not met when you are following your true passion? That's how easy it is to figure this out because that, no, it's not yeah, because that doesn't make me happy. Okay. It does. No, it does not. How do you know that if you've never experienced it? How do you know it if if I have? Yeah, because yeah. I know it. Okay, for you, but not everyone's going to be successful. But everyone Sasha. has a passion. 
that's not even true either. Uh, I, I guarantee you that's not true. I 100% guarantee what if your passion that is, is to not true. stuff your face with pizza and to eat. You can't make a living day. or you can't make a living on that passion. Yeah, you can. can you? You'd be a, <laughs> sure you a professional can. pizza eater. <laughs> and what if you suck so bad that you show up at contest and you can only cram like two slices down your mouth that's and you lose every competition. That's all on how you. Long? That's all on you. Okay. But how long am I going to do that before I, your passion was misguided. Before I, oh, right. now it's misguided. So what are we going to do with misguided passions? How are we going to fix that? Keep at it. You just keep going. I, how am I the cynic in this situation? Because what I am suggesting is through my experience of board gaming, you modulate the experience and everybody has fun playing the game. So if you modulate as That's you go. That's not true either. If you modulate as you go. Well, maybe that's not true with like one board game, but we're talking about the game of life here. So it's like, it would be as if I stuck all the board games in front of all the people and said, one of these games you're going to enjoy playing. That is true. <sighs> life is a game. That's all it is. It's a game that you should readily be able to enjoy. So what, if somebody enjoys, what, if, what if somebody really enjoys working in an office 40 hours a week? Enjoy it. Okay, but you're just telling me that it's a I'm, terrible thing. I'm not saying it's a terrible thing. I'm saying it does nothing for, for you. Right. That's it. It does nothing for me. It does nothing for the momentum of this country. It does nothing for the momentum of civilization. You don't know that. Well, I do. No, you don't. Well, I do. Because it's led up to this. And I have the data saying it's led up to this. And people are lazier. People are nonchalant. People are less invigorated. People have computers in front of them. So instead of getting in front of people's faces and telling them how they feel about this and that, they hop online they do it. That's not forward. That's backwards. We talk about it all the time. I don't know. I would say we're, we're as forward now as humankind has ever been. In a simulated environment that is not real. What we're doing on these microphones is real. If you and I or you and a family member or me and a family member or me and a friend have the exact conversation we're having right now in another capacity, that's real. If I hop online and I say anything that I said to you on this microphone is not real. All of a sudden, it has shifted entire existence. It has less of an impact regardless of who I am. That's why all these politicians, all these people who get paid to post, and revenue streams come in based on the influence they have in this simulated world. That's why they shill out on a daily basis. It's a recycled, simple system to master. That's it. You can hop online and say all that you want, anything, in any capacity about anything that exists in this planet. It has no bearing on reality. None at all. All of these things that people say, even the stuff that Trump says online, no bearing on reality. If Trump's Twitter account was removed completely over the last year, I think the scene that you see now in Washington, D.C. still happens. It happens with maybe less people because some folks were influenced directly from his rhetoric online. But there he was a, found another people would have found, found another media to, to get, get his through. message through. Yes. Correct. Yeah. However, none of what happens online carries over to reality as 
convincingly as these people shilling out. Maybe that sort you're of just rhetoric. rejecting the new reality. That that's, but this maybe is maybe that is reality. This is a simulation of reality. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. The entire con- constructs of the internet. People had similar conversations we had 40 years ago designing a better world that because they were sick and tired of the one that they were living in. And they said, how do we make the world better? Oh, we encapsulate it in a box that we can live on. That's it. Now, granted, the creation of the computer itself was a much more refined, specific purpose at that point. And the folks in IBM and all that that were designing that, they weren't thinking about the ramifications, but certainly within the world of computing and mechanics for that matter, and even the industrial world, there were people that were saying and suggesting what could happen in 20 to 30 to 40 years if this became a thing and everybody had it and you could communicate. The same thing happened with the printing press and you saw how that turned out. People took the printing press and they said, I can express whatever I want on paper. That's great. You can have your opinion on the Holocaust in 1946, 1947. You could write it down. It could be journaled in the annals of history. It doesn't make it happen any differently than the way it actually went down. There is an objective reality that occurred. Much like today, regardless of the opinions online, when you shut the computer, which I've done very frequently over the last, I've been tweeting on my phone. (laughs) I seldom use a computer anymore, which is, Good and bad. People well, will call your phone a computer. You're, yep. you're, um, just go look and see how much they cost. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you can get a laptop for half the price of a smartphone, which is ridiculous. Absolutely. But you know how I found out about what happened today in Washington, D.C.? I got a text saying, are you watching the news? Had I not gotten that text, I find out on my own. So, I don't know. It's easy to, It's easy to shut off the world that people are living in and live in the real one. I don't know that it's any easier. Uh, It's just more visible. It's just more visible. If this is the world that people are going to run with, label me a villain right here, right now. (laughs) Cause I'm going to bring that one down. Yeah, I don't think so. With ease. Okay. And with grace. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, we don't talk about this enough, but the mental ramifications on mental health of just somebody who works on a computer eight hours a day, the eye strain, the headaches, lack of mobility. We don't talk about these things as a whole, as a community. We talk about them one-on-one. We talk about them with family members very fleetingly, but we don't sit and draw up legislation on these things because right now 40% maybe more of the economy is driven by jobs where you sit down and work from a computer if not more than 50% the economy relies on the system that it is designed for better or worse and humans deal with the ramifications because they're second fiddle to the economy that's 2020 made that crystal clear. So it people are going to reject that hand in hand. People are going to reject that. People are going to reject walking in 
and putting their life and their future on the line for a job. It's just going to take different levels of visibility for that to hit. COVID didn't do it, fine. If developing constant persistent headaches and being in a bad mood all the time because of the electric way or yeah, the, <laughs> the microwave. But you're not a conspiracy theorist. I gotcha. Right. Well, I mean, if you stare at a laptop, Morgan, for eight hours. I do it 10 to 12 hours. Matt, at least. Yep. How long have you been doing it? I don't know. When did you have your first eyeglass prescription? When I was like four. I've been blind my whole life. So this didn't help. The This did not computer. A computer did not hurt my eyesight, no. What an anomaly you are. Some people Yeah, there's so a lot fortunate. of uh, there's a lot of people like to blame other things for causing them issues. Ailments. There are things that are worthy of I have being headaches blamed. all the time because I look at a computer screen, but I eat McDonald's Bad. every single day. Sure. So sure, it's the laptop, not the McDonald's every day. You're arguing, yeah, I mean, you're on board. I see. You don't like predatory capitalism either. I don't mind predatory capitalism. Capitalism is just capitalism. It's you try to reg. You can try to regulate certain parts of it, but I mean, it, it's uh, it's not a terrible system. We're gonna have to have a dedicated episode for that. Much like we're gonna have to have a dedicated episode for what we wanted to talk about tonight. Yeah, probably. I don't. Know, I tried. I tried with the with the softballs. No, no, <laughs> I, I tried. We wanted to talk about a variety of things, but yeah. as usual, Capitol Hill happens. So Capitol four, Hill happens. Four dead. By the way. All this. Four dead is the latest update. Yes. Holy cow! That's worse than what happened in Nashville. Yeah. It's worse than what happened at the worst of the BLM protests. Well, well this is probably. I haven't read through it, but I'm assuming these are protesters that are dead. The rioters that are dead. Not right. Yeah. That's worse than anything that took place at the black lives matters protest. There were, I mean, there was one or two deaths in the Portland standoffs and the Seattle standoffs over weeks. Yeah. Well, and again, you're, they weren't, they weren't in a federal building either storming it. Yeah, I mean, the ramifications for this, I'd be surprised if if Trump sees the end of his term. This is what it took? Yeah. Was this preventable? <sighs> well, I think anything's preventable, right? If you're heavy-handed, it's preventable. What's wrong with being heavy-handed? Maybe we close with that. What's wrong with being heavy-handed in a world that well, so doesn't respect. So wh- how do you prevent it? Honesty and truth. How do you prevent it? You remove Trump's influence and confidence in himself rightfully at a much quicker stage. Well, that's such a that's a way of speaking words that mean nothing or say nothing. OK, so let's get specific. Donald Trump is an egomaniac. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's at the point where nothing he thinks or says he is going to think is in the wrong, right? Okay. He's the president of the United States, right? Okay. Okay. This is a cocktail of ego fuel, right? Like it just 
props him up to an untouchable godly sort of status to where he says, nobody can tell me anything right now at all. For If you're against me. All right. So, okay. okay. How are we preventing it? Let's get to the point. Do you have an intervention with Donald Trump? You have, How would you have prevented you this? You have members of the media maybe breaking the fourth wall a little bit and saying, sir, you realize They've that- They've been doing that for a year. No, breaking the fourth wall, going all the way for They've been wall. doing that for no, a year. No, they've been dancing around it. Absolutely they've always not. They've been respectful. Oh, absolutely they've not. The media has not been respectful at all to Donald Trump. Are you kidding me? They have been respectful when it comes to one-on-one. If the guy is in front of you, they're still calling him the president of the United States. They're still treating him with a level of dignity and uh, respect that just is inherited by that position of power. I'm saying you remove all that. You talk to him as if you're talking. How do you prevent this? You talk to him throughout the last year as if you're talking to a threat to the system, a menace to society. You talk to him as if you're talking to a criminal. And what I, what I would tell you is that would only have caused a bigger issue. No, no. What it would have caused is a quicker result to this. You would have seen it expedited. What you did is you allowed it to sustain over and over and perpetuate. If you say, (laughs) Donald, everybody's saying you're on your way to becoming Hitler. You're on your way to becoming somebody who's going to incite violence by rednecks and MAGA people who are waiting and chomping at the bit for you. And you are playing into his hands, and he is going to use that so quick. It's going to be but worse. you're covering all bases. No, you're not. You're fleshing out the inevitability right there in front of him in real time. You're, you're, but that's not going to change him. That wouldn't have prevented this sure at all. Because it takes away not. the element of surprise, the shock and awe that everybody's experiencing right now of like, oh, how could it result? How could it have come to this? This is shocking to me. Nobody saw this coming. Nobody would have thought that he'd object the election results, even though there were pockets of people suggesting that it would happen. You get it all rolled out in advance of, and you prevent him from being the instigator of this shock that he so thrives on and he so relishes is the opportunity to do something. He's used the word unprecedented so many times in the last couple of months because he enjoys being. A, pion- uh, a pioneer of this sort of thing. He enjoys being the first president who is arguing the election results. He enjoys being the first president who is willing to get Congress to overturn. He enjoys telling Mike Pence two days ago, this is down to you, Mike. You can go into Congress tomorrow. You can overturn the results. Do it for the team. He enjoys these things. You take them all away by using simple logic to predict that this is what the guy's gonna do and people were doing it but again we sat back we were complacent and you even had some disgusting people saying this is all entertaining this is all i'm grabbing my popcorn can't wait to watch this okay cool if that's how you feel about this i can't wait to see it happen in your state capital or in your neighborhood because then all of a sudden You're in your house cowering in fear because those are the two gears those people have. They enjoy watching things on TV that they don't have to endure and anything that they do have to go through. Yeah, it's a little too it's a little too in their face. This is the sort of stuff that you've allowed Donald Trump 
to lead up to is this division on so many levels that it's sickening to the point where even the people against him now on social media, I'm against them. I'm against the people who are still echoing the the rhetoric of just retweeting politicians who say 25th Amendment now. People have been echoing 25th Amendment since November 7th, 2016. You sat on your thumbs on November 8th. You sat on your thumbs in December of 2016, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. These are the ramifications. These are the results of your complacency. Now the accountability kicks in. All of the people who allowed this and had the ability to step in at any point simply deal with the results of four years of Donald Trump that are going to resonate for a long time. And if that means that the patriots out there who think America is the greatest country in the world all of a sudden get a rude awakening and wake up call, and when they see a bunch of NASCAR fans storming the Capitol building and people in UK and the people in Canada are laughing or people wherever in the country are laughing at what they're seeing in America. Granted, we can laugh at some of the stuff that goes on in their countries too, but they're really laughing at what they've seen and what America has allowed to occur. So be it. I mean, that's it. It's it's a going down with the ship sort of mentality that more than just the Trump cultists are, are a part of. The people who have gotten on social media for four years and criticized and criticized and had very circular arguments and they've just waited and been chomping at the bit for the next Trump thing for to jump on, they're on that ship too. The people that I believe in moving forward and the people that I support are the people that are removed from any of this circular argument and any of this circular talk that even we have exhibited on past episodes on this of just talking about this sort of stuff. I don't want to talk about this sort of stuff, but it's impossible with the world that has been created in this last year or four to avoid it because it has such a radius of effect now that it does impact your daily life to the point where if you get on a highway and there's a road rager who is upset about what's going on in D.C. and wishes he was there, he's going to take it out on the next clerk that he sees at a grocery store, and he's just chomping at a bit to mimic the guys he saw at the Capitol building because that's his way of of fighting the system, bucking the system, because he, he's been convinced by a real cult leader we got to drain the swamp. You got to you got to get all these rotten scumbags out and they're going to do any and everything to tell you I'm a I'm a liar and I'm uh, deceitful etc cetera, etc cetera. and don't believe a word they say even if it comes down to this. But the problem is those people that are taking all of that in they're not all in DC right now and they're not all storming the Capitol building. Some of these people you have to live with within your community. You have to see them at work. You have to cross paths with them. And they're the worst kinds because they're just quiet and just there waiting for you to say something, much like the people who don't wear their masks, and then they're kicked into overdrive mode because of what 
has transpired in the last four years. So, yeah, I lose empathy with America day by day, but that doesn't mean I lose empathy with what comes out of all of this. Because I do believe in the separation of being involved with this sort of downward spiral of existence. I believe this is a culmination of much more than four years. I I think this is the end of democracy as we as we have defined it in a modern era because this is certainly not the democracy that people in the 18th century had in mind however i'm pretty certain there must have been conversations amongst those fine gentlemen as to how it could look eventually maybe they talked about these sorts of days but they don't have to deal with them we got to deal with them. Anyway. <laughs> well. Feel better? I do. Oh, okay. That's what you get two weeks of turning my mic off. More Sasha rants? Not Sasha rants. Oh, yeah. That was a rant, bro. Was that a rant? That's a rant. I'm going to have to play it back. I don't know if that was a rant. That's a rant. But you see. <laughs> you got, got out your soapbox and you just stood on it. What does that mean? What is a soapbox? I've, I've heard that uh, thrown out a couple of times here and I've heard it. In the, what does that mean? Standing on a soapbox. Uh, it's a reference to the old times when you didn't necessarily have audio equipment to project your voice, you know. Oh, so you actually literally stand on, on a soapbox. soapbox. Oh, I thought it had a negative connotation. Like the soap is slippery and you were standing on a, a No, more like, you know. It, I'm going to Google the, it. The negative Google's part of never it. never lied to me. The negative part of it would be uh, that no one wants to hear you complaining on your soapbox about whatever. What do they want to hear? That's that's my my backup or, or my rebuttal to these people who say, yeah, we've heard this from you all, over and over, Sasha. What? Or, or enough with the um, the aggression or the anti-establishment rhetoric. What do they want to hear? Because what they want to hear, they have millions of other people to feed them that. <laughs> That's what they're there for. They're consumers. Maybe they don't this, know what they want to hear. This is not this is not a consumer friendly program. We are not here to grow into a juggernaut of fandom. Okay? Sorry. If, if, if you're here for millions of fans, Morgan. Now, millions of dollars? We could talk about that. Because I believe what we provide is worth that amount, if not more. However, it's not going to be acquired via fans. And that's that's the book thing. That's back to your book example. Because I have many passions. One of them is discussing topics of discussion with a passion. That happens to be a passion of mine. If I do that for five years and I don't get a single penny from it, it'll be because the confines of what would get me that money, I did not allow myself to become subjected to 
I did not tone myself down. Well, this I is a not... side thing, right? Mm. This isn't. Oh yeah. Both yeah, quit our jobs a... and this is all that we're doing. Absolutely. Right. Because if that's the, if that's so we have to grow. Right. So we have to tone it down. We have to become consumer friendly. We, we have not, to shift. We may not have to tone it down or change that. We've got to find the right people that would prop But us then up you become makes... cultish. That's well, do we really care if the, <laughs> the idea is to make money? Here, here's the here. when you throw millions of dollars at me, I don't mind. Which which cult do you want me to run? But here's the perfect scenario where you don't even have to contemplate any of those things. Is that the impact in the real world effect on the sorts of discussions we have is at least seen as something that can be had by other people in the same sort of tone? And I'm not saying podcasting. We're not the first podcasters. We're not the last podcasters. Podcasting in 2018, 2019 has ballooned. It's it's basically the Bitcoin of things that you can do with your spare time. I wonder what that price is right now. Sorry. 35, 40, <laughs> something like that. It's a lot more than what we bought in it. Ooh, 37,000. <clears throat> I mean, there's a lot of stimulus checks out there. 600 bucks flying around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what goes up? Let's go down. I have seen people in a perfect world. You get compensated for your tertiary activities. If you're really good at those too. So right now it's like you do one thing and you get the bulk of your money for that. It's your career. You get paid for, for one sort of uh, well, thing that you sign up for. Successful. Well, okay. People who make legit or make good money generally, like, okay, what's what's the saying? Maybe let me fly back here. If you want to make a million dollars, you got to have at least three streams of revenue. Yeah. So if you're only relying on your 40-hour-a-week job, you're never going to be a millionaire unless you have some skill that's crazy. But everybody, well, I won't say everybody, but, um, I mean, a lot of the driving factor for folks out there to do any amount of work is the money. Right. The revenue. So naturally more people, if you could present a world where people would get a significant amount more of more money, they would at least be willing to listen to what you had to say. Right. Mm, I don't know. No, uh, well, because you would be asking them to do more work, right? For that money, I see. Okay, all right. Well, or the expectation raises significantly, right? Right. But the people <clears throat> who get a lot of money from, say, like podcasting right now, those people do not do any more work than, say, we do when it comes to the podcasting. They probably do. Well, they probably do, but. But you and I could do this. You and I could probably be. We could probably significantly. We could probably significantly improve our our content if we spent more. If we had more time to spend on it, right? One, um, we could probably do two or three or four or five shows a a week. Yes. Two, you we'd have a little more free time to look at specific subjects, research specific subjects. Sure. I mean, there's definitely value to being able to have a lot more time to spend on something like this. But oh, yeah. yes, I would agree with you that we, we just can, get there slower though. We can, we, 
our content can be on par with other people's content that make decent money to good money from podcasting. Absolutely. This is my rap career all over again. We're working with $30 mics. We're working with the free software online. Yet it's for me and for you, I want to say as well, it's about the content. It's about about the conversations. Having a conversation every week. Yeah. It's about the conversations, the content, and who you're engaging with as far as the conversation and the audience is concerned. When I was rapping, I never cared. This this is my fault, and maybe I still bring it with me, but I never cared about the number of people that were listening. I, I did not think that that needed to be my my on my top three concerns because I considered myself a fan of the content that I was providing first and foremost. So I could listen with, um, a listener's ear and I could say that, yeah, sure. I am the artist or I am the content creator at the same time as being the listener. But if I hear something and I don't like it, I'm also my number one critic. So I'm going to be able to be honest with myself if I hear something and it's just no good. And I do that now. That's why I edit stuff out when I listen back and play back a whole conversation. And if the ums or the um, stutters that I have or whatever doesn't make much sense and it doesn't flow with the conversation, I do edit it out at this point. Because we're at that point in this show's history, only 51 episodes in. Now, in the first 10 episodes, if I listen back, It's all a fluid conversation now. So I get to hear the progression from then to where we are now. And we had one mic a year ago. We got two mics this year. We sound a little better. Our content's refined. Yet we've done it and we've grown, what, in the hundreds of listeners? Okay. So it wasn't the hundreds of listeners that changed that. It wasn't the hundreds of listeners that made our content grow, made us have more concise arguments, improved our arguments, improved the microphones that we have, improved the audio quality and all. I'm sorry. It just, it wasn't the audience. So if we've just lost 80% of our audience because of that last statement, eh, sorry, you guys didn't help us grow. It, it wasn't, we don't even have a feedback system. We don't, we have an email address. <laughs> we don't have a social media for the show. We don't have a YouTube channel. We don't have any of these things. So any of the growth of this show's content and its impact, it is independent from the community that listens to us. So unfortunately, this confirms my argument of your authorship sort of um, No, it doesn't because we're... We both have jobs and revenues of income that allow us to do this in the way that we do it. If we didn't have those and we were relying on this solely, then it wouldn't work. It would not work. But we you would don't not know be happy. That. Would not be successful. But you don't know that. I don't know that don't... because we haven't spent forty hours a week for right. a year doing this. Right. I know some people who have, and I've seen the data that they have provided. And unfortunately, even the people that I had the most belief in could be the outliers in society and they could really be the rebels that they were born to be. They become full-time podcasters. They turn their back on the system. But what they've done is they've 
dumbed down the content to levels of which they are unrecognizable as voices any longer. And it pains me to say that, but it's, it is what it is. I don't know if I could live with myself if that were the case. So I keep this as a tertiary side hobby on the surface level, but on a passion level, it's probably one of the 10 most passionate things that I've been passionate about in my entire life. That's up there with like, of course, disc golf, fatherhood, <laughs> um, microwavable dinners, movie watching, movie collecting. There's a couple more rewriting history. Mm. So, but just because, just because it's my fourth or fifth favorite thing to do doesn't mean it doesn't warrant compensation for being able to do it better. <laughs> you know that's true. If you do something as good as somebody who's doing it as their only thing they do, yeah, it sucks. But some people aren't aren't good at things. <laughs> aren't as good at things. We're not out here trying to be well, that's kind architects. Of, well, of, that's kind of what makes it's kind of what makes America great, to be quite honest with you. Because you're rewarded if you put the the work in that other people uh, don't want to put in. But it's not always financial. Even in a non-financial place, you are rewarded when you put in work that other people are not willing to do. Yes. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you. But people do work for financial compensation. You, you, it's just the way society is. You have to. Right. We don't all live on a plot of land, growing food for ourselves and hunting things we, we for did ourselves. At one point. We did at one point. We're not going I, back to that. No. And I, I think it's a terrible idea. No, we're not going back. That would be physical. I mean, if, if you want to walk into a store and have, a thousand things right there for you to purchase. This is, the, this is what you have to do to get there. This is what you have to do to sustain that. Amazon goes away. If people stop making money and you're not getting anything delivered to your door. But what they tell you, you have to do is you have to, you have to provide something that X amount of people want like you have to provide something that has a demand for it right but we've covered it in this episode the demand for self-improvement and bettering the human condition it's not really just it's out not there high. it's not high people will say that you know they love to learn new things or they you know uh, they they're always looking to improve but the reality is if you're not encountering things you're not aware of and you know, yeah. on a daily, weekly basis, you're if not you're not really picking learning. up books, then you're not really progressing or learning. You can Watching say you like YouTube that idea. Video. That can be. It can be if you watch YouTube videos like <clears throat> yeah. all week. Yeah. All month. 
but not on subjects you're already familiar with. Right. You got to break out of that. You got to go to a different, uh, you know, avenue. You got to catch something that someone says in one thing and go, wow, that was, that's interesting. And then you start looking it up and finding other content on it. You know, you've, you go down a rabbit holes. I went down a couple of rabbit holes while I was on vacation. We'll eventually talk about those. I can't wait to talk those. about all this. Yeah, we'll maybe talk about those. Yeah, maybe when, when the Biden administration comes in, I got a feeling we're going to be able to kick our feet up. That I'm tired of talking COVID. It's well, been a year. Sorry, buddy. I know. To... I'm tired of talking election. It's feels oh, like that's it's done. been a year. But it's not really because you have this that happened this week. And the next week of going on, we'll have all kinds of stuff. We'll have fallout from this that will be topical that we'll feel like we need to discuss next week, which Maybe sucks. Maybe in brief. Well, to the hundreds of folks who listen to this program for the first year in the first 50 episodes, and to, look, I, I hope and really do sincerely, it's hard because you hear people say, like, thank you to everybody who listens to this show. Thank you to everybody who dedicates the time to listen to the show. No doubt. Cause these are long episodes. They are <laughs> absolutely. And thank you to the people who understand the sorts of conversations that we have and really feel as if we're providing a, a platform for people to listen, um, disagree, agree, and even carry on some of the conversations. I've heard some of the people that listen to our show actually take some of the topics that we have and they have runaway conversations that are completely removed from what we say and they create like a whole new bank of potentialities yeah, and just potentials and, and thinking opinions that you're on provoking yes. conversations even if they hate what you said or yes. i said that's wwe in a nutshell that's wwe in a nutshell thinking on a different subject and you're learning something slightly new or looking at something slightly different positive and I know that a lot of these people want to see this show succeed and they want to see both of the the folks involved in it succeed in the confines of this show. Like people would actually want to see this become a bigger thing than what it is. But I personally, <laughs> I don't want to shoot myself in the foot here, but I have to let y'all know that I know what happens if that takes place. And it's a battle that I'm ready to fight and to like sort of position myself. And maybe I'm getting too ahead of myself here, Yeah. but I'm saying tap that what well, well, I'm, I'll tap the brakes. But what I'm saying is I know what happens if any sort of sponsorship or any sort of revenue outside of what we put into this operation, I comes will in. sell the hell out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm saying, is it time for a new co-host? <laughs> Is it time to take? I can go solo. We could both go solo and have combative shows one against another. I mean, Rush Limbaugh's done with the radio. There's a spot for it on NPR. I bet they're chomping at the bit and getting people uh, like us. No, but uh, you said earlier we were watching TV in closing, in real closing this time. You you said um, something about journalism or something about. Nah, you, you said maybe I should be a political um, commentator. Commentator. I said maybe you should because there aren't any co political commentators at all right now that like just tell it like it is and break that fourth wall. When you think about it, looking back, 
if we do that, if we provoke people to do that, who are better positioned to be political commentators, better positioned to be journalists, better positioned to be a different type of whatever they are set to be on, but we provoke them to approach it differently. Man, that's what happens in in the creative arts is people influence people you've never heard of influence other people to yeah that was do their that, art that Loffler differently and then her name yeah Kelly Loffler when she we were watching a bit where she stepped up to a podium and had something to say it's like why well, even say it it's the only thing you could possibly say anything else you would have said was stupid yeah. So you came up there and said something. Everybody expected you to stay. What a waste of freaking time. Why did you even need to speak? Yeah. And you're, on your, and you're on your way out. Yeah. You're not even going to be a senator anymore. So what is the point? But anyway. Politics as usual. A waste time. A waste of time. Waste time. And whenever we dedicate. Let's say these very formal things that we don't necessarily mean because something grave happened and now I must say something this way. Shut up. No, keep going. You go on your rant. I've, I've, <laughs> gone, I've gone on a couple of Shut rants tonight. Up. You go on your rants. I mean, See, I your rants stop at a point, though. Yeah, I, just because I'm done, that's all I got to say. I know. You don't, you don't have... Don't take this the wrong way. You don't have a an, an actual solution to all the issues that that you see with the things you have a problem with. Your solution is to remove yourself from caring about them. Perfect. And that's enough. <laughs> My solution is I want I want to correct some of the behavior because I'm not the only one who's going to have to deal with this. And I'm not just talking about my kid. I'm not just talking about future generations. I'm talking about people now that have less influence and less ability to stand up against some of the stuff they're seeing than I do. And I'm nowhere on that scale. I'm like maybe halfway. On scale of one to ten of of influence and control over what I tolerate, I'm about halfway. I can everything that I am accountable for. I can take over a situation and say, "Okay, I'm accountable for this. If I want to see it done differently, and it's up to me, I'll do it." But there's still stuff sent my way that I have no control over, and it's negative, and it's it, it brings me down, where it puts me in a bad mood, or it creates a conversation I don't want to have here when we could be talking about something else. I want to minimize those things. I want to chip away at them. I want to get them out of the way. If they keep naturally popping up in our scope of having organic conversations, something's wrong and there's work that can still be done and we can get back to the cool alien talk. We can get back <laughs> we can get back to talking about the secrets of the world and the secrets of the future. And we can get back to what spirituality is all about and how that may be a branch between whatever it is. We can get into these these deeper conversations that we've been itching to get into that I feel as if the resistance is literally throwing all of this content at us to say, hey, talk about me, talk about me, talk about me, and forget all that important stuff. Talk about Kelly Loeffler in the last 10 minutes of the show because – that robot Stepford wife deserves no time on this show, <laughs> but she got three minutes. Or you see shit like Stephanie Grisham, first lady's top aide and former white house press secretary resigns amidst the 
the, the violent protests. You're probably going to see oh. numerous resignations oh, in every yeah. single one oh, of them. The way way to make change. Quit. Yeah. Every single one of those resignations that takes place in the next 24 to 36 hours, those are basically people just like saving face for any future political career that they want to have or any career at all. Way to take a stand yeah. after the fact. After Congratulations. The fact. Exactly. Um, after the fact. I think there was a basketball game tonight, Miami Heat maybe, and somebody else where they were thinking about not playing the game over this. I'm like, just play basketball. You're freaking NBA players. All right. Okay. This hasn't, this isn't a stop the world and protest moment. No, it, it wasn't. And that would be giving those people too much credit. Yes. And uh, we don't need to do that. And like I told you earlier, Daytona 500, first week of February, these people go away for four months. You really need to stop classifying people in that way. Why? Statistically, I, I classify them statistically. It's not a racist thing. It's not a. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it's it stats. Is. I use stats. I have an Those algorithm. Are not stats? They are. 97.9% of NASCAR watchers are from a certain region, color, and political preference. The stats will back you know, me You got to be careful on that. No, I, I, okay. You do. You have to be careful on I say making it, I say grand it somewhat, judgments. I say it somewhat jokingly, but also at the same time, it is statistically accurate. Not the 97%. It's much lower than that. But it is statistically accurate. It's just like the NBA in the United States. There are more, there are more African Americans that watch every NBA game than there are white guys watching NBA games. That Boy, is, I don't know about that. Well, just look it up. I don't know about that, bro. Just look it up. Just look it up. A lot of us white guys like the NBA. Of course. But I'm telling you, more African American people watch. No, more African American 25 to 35 year old males watch than 25 okay, to 35 year old po- white Okay, males. maybe. Maybe. And there are more. The problem with that, though, rural is that. white watching NASCAR 25 to 50 year olds or 50 to 70 year olds than there are any other demographic. That's not racist. That's not bias. That's just stats. <sighs> they have these things. NASCAR viewership by race. This is what I used to do while at my work and my desk job. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I needed a, an edit point here. Did you? Yeah. Do we need an edit point? So you ready for NASCAR? By 2017, NASCAR viewers, <laughs> 91% white. 63% male, 37% female. 91% white. Um, bum, bum, bum. Only 37% south. That's fine. 90, I'm sorry. 40%. This took place in DC. I mean, not, not all of the people that were there and the millions of protesters in the streets were from, you know, this only does gender Dixon. age income geographic, but it does. But not. if you pay 49 95, you'll see all the other stuff. One out of five NASCAR fans is a minority. Let's go to NBA. So that's 20%. Let's go NBA. What? One, so, out, one out of five is a minority, which yes. means 80% are white. Yes. 
But I got 90. But you said 90. So I got 90 on my stat. Yeah. It's only 80. Hey. And 37% of them are, are women. I'm on Statista.com. That's like the stat place. So I don't know what you're looking at. The I got to pay 60 bucks a month to get access to this data. And I went, pay it. Went to the one that was free above it. Uh, BrentSherman.com. <laughs> so do you... <laughs> so folks, now you've got brettsherman.com <laughs> or statistica.com which you have to pay a membership for so it's like uh yeah no um you get more you get what you pay for that's mm. your podcaster in which our audience gets nothing but gold for zero dollars but time time is more of a currency that i'd like to deal with okay i need more edit points well statistica for yeah, the nba yeah nba does like the players not the viewers nba viewership by race uh, 66% of the league's viewers were ethnic minorities its audience was 47% blacks 34% whites 11% hispanics and 8% asians this is 2016 2017 so that was a little um higher or a little lower than i thought 66% yeah. minority i said the majority of watchers are black that is accurate i thought it would be around 60% african american it's 47% african american this is not racist this is not prejudice. This is based on culture. This is based on what people enjoy watching and doing in their spare time. And when I talk about the NASCAR guys in Washington, D.C., being NASCAR guys, it's because statistically, those guys with the Duck Dynasty jackets in the white, this is not racist. Statistics. Yes, it is. Okay. There's no stat that you're going to be able to Google that says the, how many people who watch Duck Dynasty watch NASCAR. But I guarantee you that number's in the 80s or 90s as well. So anyways, it's just, it's stuff that we should be able to talk about that, or at least not talk about, but use in arguments that hasn't been used yet. It's basically, it's the algorithm. It's the deep diving of the algorithm that can be crunch numbers and crunch ideals and crunch stuff. I'm just employing that in our casual conversation here. Mm. And it comes off as racist because yeah, it is. Because you're racist. <laughs> because it hasn't been done. And it seems very alien. No, it's because everybody's so sensitive these days that about too. every little thing. Don't be sensitive, man. Those guys are NASCAR watchers <clears throat> and it's okay. Hey, look, they could be part of our demographic. Could be. <laughs> Let us know out there how many how many meandering listeners watch NASCAR and enjoy it. Not uh, just watch it, but you got to enjoy it. Don't, because I will get emails on this one. It'll be the first thing people <laughs> people email you about. Yeah, and it's like forget all the positive questions <laughs> and positive criticism we've asked for. Oh, like NASCAR. Well, I, NASCAR. You know, we see some stuff I, on social media. I like Daytona Five Hundred. I'm <laughs> okay. How, a, how simple of a mind do you have to be to watch a car go around in circles for 450 miles? I can watch it in small doses, but come on. 450 miles. It's more about, like any other sport, it's more about what you're doing while watching. 
It's drinking beer with your buddies, sitting around yeah. in the fold-up lawn chairs outside. After, it, it's after football season. It's between college football and it, it's the downtime for college football. I hope Bubba Wallace wins that first race this year. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't even know who's driving for this year. Bubba Wallace, let's go! Come on, dude. I don't think he's part of the petty team anymore. Do it for the culture. <laughs> be right. the first. Man, now, I don't know if he would be or not. And our alien right. listenership, and by alien I mean extraterrestrial. Yeah, not, we're um, alienating them. Yeah, we are, man. And this was episode fifty-one. And we could have dedicated it to our alien viewership, yeah. but we did not. That's your fault. That's all right. Next Blame time. Trump. Next time. It's Trump's fault. Yeah, get rid of them, aliens, and we'll take care of this. We'll, we'll start talking things that... Uh, Just mind meld him and let's make him resign. They are our sponsors. I mean, we could P- mind Pence, meld him. he's fine. He can carry us the next two weeks. He can handle a couple weeks. Let a big... Now's your time to shine, Big Mike. You got you got two weeks. <laughs> we'll give some momentum here for your 2024. Oh my! So that way, gosh. all the pundits can talk about how the last two weeks that Pence took over put him in the driver's seat for 2024. Who gives a fuck? That's four years away. Fox Sorry. News. CNN would do the same thing. We were not watching Fox News with the guy talking about the 2022 elections and the 2024 elections. Yeah, we were watching we CNN. Yeah, but we weren't talking about Joe Biden. For 2020. No, Joe Biden, Joe Biden wasn't even a wanted candidate. He's still. Are you kidding? Joe Biden wasn't on. He didn't want to run. Oh, yes, he did. No. When he was done. He he was the man. The moment 2016 was over. No way. Okay. To be argued at never again. They're all part of the same club. They are part of one big club. I'm glad you've seen the light on that one, too. They are. It doesn't matter who you elect, who you put in there. Same. It, part of me thinks all of this was orchestrated in order for them to gain empathy and gain and retain interest in the politics of how things are going. I, I, I don't know. More people, sure. more people are involved in caring about politics now than ever. Not that that's a bad thing. Ooh, I don't know about that. Well, it's not a bad thing, but more people care about the politicians themselves now more than ever as well. And that could be seen as like especially in a social media world, it could be seen as like just basically um, what what do we call the influencers doing? They're basically just uh, propaganda and shilling, shilling out extreme things after one after another to retain their audience. I don't know. Politicians talk for a living, so maybe they're just cranking out extreme viewpoint after extreme viewpoint to keep people interested in what they've got going on. Anyway, back to Alien Talk next week. Hopefully. 52. Well, no, it won't be Alien Talk. It'll be 52. Sure it will. No, we're, we're talking history next week. Oh, yes. The um, Doctrine of Discovery. Yeah. Very pertinent to this discussion that we just had, this three hours and 30 minutes. Feels good. can be because it leads you down a lot of belief paths that have spilled into our lifetime. Oh yeah, absolutely. All the way. And and why we think certain things or why, why we tolerate certain things and what we just put up with. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anybody how something like this happens, but it's not presented to you when you're growing up and in school. I mean, it's there. It might even be mentioned, but it's the, the, the truth 
truth of it is never expounded upon. Not at all. Well, that's because the, the education system process. relies on you not knowing these sorts of things. It wants you to know Huck Finn, and that's about as far as it's willing to go with uh, so we'll with go, racism and, and historical. So along with that, we'll talk a little bit about disco- the discovery of America. Okay. Just in time for Martin Luther King uh, week, too. Yeah, next week. No, is that... Well, I guess Martin Luther King Day will happen between episodes 52 and 53. Yes. So 53 could be a MLK. So it'll be somewhat... somewhat Or we can dedicate some MLK time Mm -hmm. next week, too. Yeah, I always wondered why there wasn't... There's like a Malcolm X movie, but there's no MLK movie. There certainly are movies of which he plays a role, but there's no like dedicated biopic to him. There needs to be. There might... I don't know. There like, might be something out there that was like made for TV yeah, or like something along those TV. lines. No, yeah. but I'm talking about like getting a big actor to do it and and pull it off. I don't know. We'll see. I won't jump into the MLK. Talk so, yet. yep, get ready for some for some next week if you want to play along. Yeah, uh, Google. I won't say Google. You'll need to dedicate a little bit more time to understanding. Google's what, fine. Just get a general idea of what it is. Okay. You don't need to, and it is interesting. You don't need to go like you can check out the Wikipedia on it to kind of get a general idea of what it is that we're discussing. And, the doctrine we'll probably, of discovery. Yeah, we'll basically. probably take it in different directions, but you know, just you all needs a general idea of what we're talking about. It's a document written to allow for certain things to be done that we have to deal with. They can go now. Google it. Enjoy. Right. All right. Next we're gonna week. we're gonna pop that can open next week. You knew we were going to go at least three hours this week. That's what you get putting me on on pause for oh my two weeks for the holidays. We can't not do a three episode, three I, hour episode. I beg to differ. We've been at 240 for the last four or five. Oh, and it's been it's, awesome. It's, it's good been great. Job, Absolutely. But three and a half hours today was warranted because of everything that's going on. It's funny. Without what happened today, we probably would have done Doctrine of Discovery hours. today. And it would have been two hours to around that. But again, the real world, or the, whatever you want to call well, it, life gets in the way. World events. Got in the way. Interjected. Unprecedented world events. Unprecedented <laughs> world events. We need to unprecedent I hate the that president. damn word now. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, thanks for uh, joining us for our new year of this, episode 52, Meandering. And glad y'all came back for a second round. And we only hope to take this place's... We haven't taken it yet. As long as Morgan doesn't get in the way. Yeah. We will. Whatever. 